There is an order, an agency, one that holds allegiance to no crowd, no magistrate, and no governing body. This organization takes on the problems and issues too bizarre or too dangerous for any normal investigative unit. They right wrongs, protect the innocent, and safeguard the world. They are known as The Circle. Of the thousands of agents spread across Eberron, there is one group who, through fate or providence, were placed together and set out on a quest that would change their lives and the world. This is their story. Hi there, everyone. Welcome once again to Agents of the Circle, the podcast where I run a 5th edition game of Dungeons & Dragons for my friends, and all manner of hilarity ensues. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Sinks Akasha, and I'm joined by my friends uh, Kendra and Trey as the Rogue Wizard Ozma, uh, Luke Amundsen as Lucius Flag, the Divine Sorcerer, Breezy Rumsey as Tristania Clawborn, the Shadow Sorcerer, uh, Riley Brandow as Ash, the Druid Warlock, Calum Clark as Jazz Goodsong, the rogue artificer who will be joining us later. And Larry Lundy as Idris Lot, the Eldritch Knight. We're back again for episode two of our adventure in Eberron. If you haven't checked us out yet, episode one is already out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. So be sure to like, share, and subscribe if you like what we're doing. Also, please give us feedback. Uh, we'd like to know what you think. And uh, if you are so inclined... We are also not opposed to fan art. Fan art is awesome. <laughs> Amen. So um, let's go ahead and recap what happened last time. Uh, a group of newly minted agents together decide to share a sky car to the lower city of Eberron to meet and celebrate with their fellows in a tavern called the Red-Eyed Dragon. It's there that we meet our party for the first time. And uh, taking a couple of hours to drink and get to know each other, their meta celebration and awkwardness is interrupted by a spell freezing everyone in the room but the six of them. A tall, handsome, half-drow, half-human male enters the tavern, introducing himself as Special Agent Shiro Philip Quivare, also calling himself Q, the supervising agent in in the field, their supervising agent. After a few questions and some resistance, Q was able to convince the party to come with him as they've been assigned to investigate what he called a Class 3 event, murder by mysterious and magical means. In his personal sky car, they make their way to the upper city, where the more affluent citizens live and work and kind of do their thing, live debaucherously, if you will. Uh, it's there that you meet Max Orlanthus, the gnomish owner of a rarefied bookstore called The Binding. Max and Q are old friends, and Max is clearly unnerved by something. It's not long after that that you discover why. A woman, dead and naked, floats upside down just above the door to Max's shop. A strange and prophetic warning woven within the spell circle that surrounds her in Inferno. Tristania and Q both translate the passage, and based on Q's reaction to it, Triss and the party are convinced that he knows more than he's willing to divulge. 
After several failed attempts to get the body down, Trish discovers that the circle is also some kind of multi-layered arcane lock. After a time, the lock is disarmed, and the body falls to the ground. In a display of Elvin's speed, Idris is able to catch the body, but his age gets the better of him, and he does not have the strength to hold her. It's the fall that they both take that jostles the body, and the four shadow spider aberrations nesting within it. In a moment straight out of a horror movie, the wolves, the dire wolf-sized spiders push their way out of the woman's body and attack the party. The skirmish appeared to overwhelm the party until, with some assistance from Q, Triss intuits that the spiders may be vulnerable to light, summoning four orbs of light and placing them over the spide- spiders, spideys, <laughs> they begin to recoil due to their sensitivity. The battle, now turning, turning to their favor, the party once again takes the offensive, and with Shiro joining the fray, they are able to take down the t- two of the creatures. Triss, however, using a spell to bathe the remaining spider's skin in light, manages to take some of the spider's dark essence into herself, and as that spider crushes itself to death to escape its own light prison, it unleashes an onslaught of dark shadow tentacles that ensnare and crush that last spider. Q, realizing what's happening, rushes to Triss and places a hand on her back, absorbing the dark fury into his arm. The rebound from the strange magic ravages that glove and sleeve, revealing that Q's right arm is what appears to be a warforged prosthesis. This does not go unnoticed. Just a page turn. As the group recovers, they are approached by a group of white-clad soldiers, one of them in full plate armor all of them wearing the sigil of the Church of the Silver Flame. The leader, after removing his helm, proceeds to attempt to bully the agents away from the crime scene. But Q holds, the, holds firm, pointing out that the crime scene is under circle jurisdiction. Tensions run high between the two, as there appears to be some history between Q and the Silver Flame captive. He addresses as Reinhardt, apparently former circle agent, both of whom... whom Refer to a woman named Maywish. It's really weird that I can barely read my own handwriting. The tensions are awkwardly broken when one of the other soldiers, a man named Vedabir, turns out to be an old friend of Lucius's from when they were younger. Bowing to catch up with his friend, Vedabir marches off with the rest of the Silver Flame, and the agents prepare to take the body and the remains of one of the spiders back to headquarters for further <laughs> back to headquarters for further investigation. And that ended our episode. So now, let's jump into where we are. Together, the six of you managed to attach the device that Jazz put together back to the back of Q's car. He also manages to put a quick ca- put together a quick case for Ozma to place the remains of that dark spider creature that was mostly intact. With a statement given, Max is sent home with the Elven Scout, Scout security. You pile into the car together and ride down to the middle city. Due to the late hour, the skyways are slow to near dead as you rocket between buildings and tunnelways. You all take this time to have a short rest as you ponder what just happened as Q drives in silence, clearly unnerved by the events of the evening. After a little while, you all notice a great blue light coming from Q's dashboard and a low hum around the car. Q spares a glance at the lot of you. This is going to feel a little... you'll see. 
series of glowing blue runes appear and undulate all along the inside of the car in steady rhythm. You're coming near the domed roof of the Circle HQ when the runes flash bright enough to momentarily blind you. You feel an odd pull in the core of your stomachs, and then the light dies. As your eyes come back into focus, you all find that you are now inside of what appears to be a parking facility. Windowless, save for a set of black double doors, bathed in lowish light. A pair of dwarves, dressed, dressed, dressed in white robes, stand waiting as Q kills the motor, opens the door, and steps out of the car. The dwarves, both male, nod silently, and steps towards the rear of the car. You all follow suit, watching as the dwarves make haste to remove the attachment, carrying the young woman's remains and place it on the large cart. Ozma Q then looks at you and gestures to the dwarves. You can let them have the case, please. Gladly. The larger of the dwarves accepts the case and looks over to Q and speaks, You want these going to evidence, sir? Q shakes his head curtly. No, he says as he passes them. Desi. Get these to Desi. The dwarf's eyes widen. Uh, right away, sir. He belts out a few words in dwarvish to his companion, and they wheel the cart through the set of double doors and disappear. Literally, the moment they cross the threshold. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be obtuse, but... What just happened? That piece of metal you carry around, it's more than just a badge. I've forgotten exactly how many spells are woven into those things. Many of them, usually, are specific to the person that it belongs to. After you. Thanks. So Q makes a gesture towards the door. Uh, you can all go in one at a time or all at once if you like. One at a time. All right. <laughs> so. Not first. <laughs> Not it. I'll go first. All right. Giant baby. <laughs> <clears throat> you step through the door. Your senses buzz with an odd vibration and your vision blurs for an instant. But, when it resolves, you find that you're standing at the entrance of a large lobby, curved metallic walls, slate floor. Kind of a pristine quality to to the walls. So the rest of you all appear just behind your stand. Q included, who moves past you and leads you towards the receptionist's desk, where the metal form of a warforged For those of you who aren't aware, listeners, a warforged is essentially a construct, a living construct in the shape of a person, uh, usually made of metal, uh, has a soul uh, or the spark of life in it. Uh, These warforged were built during the last war, which we mentioned last time around, uh, as weapons to be used by House Caneth and anyone who would pay handsomely for them. Uh, After the war ended, the Warforged were emancipated and given their freedom, and now they live for themselves among the citizens of Eberron, kind of spread far and wide. The Warforged sits slightly slouched over, staring at nothing. His eyes glow with a dim blue light as he sits there, 
perfectly still. He appears to be dressed in the black and gold circle as well, except in the form of more loose-fitting wizard robes. His face is smooth and round, like someone who might be very young and maybe never saw combat on the front lines of any war, let alone the one that ended recently. It looks almost like the sort of person whose curiosity often lands him in situations he probably shouldn't be in. Hello there, Jarvis. He waves as you all approach. There is no answer. The figure continues to look straight ahead. <coughs> I said, hello, Jarvis. Warforge continues to stare out into space. He chuckles a bit <laughs> and shakes his head and wraps the Warforged across his adamantium head. Oh! A moment passes, and the glowing eyes go dark for a second, before reigniting in a much brighter light. Oh! Ah! Yes! Um, hello there! He glances at all of you. Ah! Hello there, Agent Q. It's very good to see you again. You see Q smile. Jarvis, have you been surfing the astral plane while on lobby duty again? You may, never, you may have never seen the Warforged look bashful before. Mostly because the majority of their faces aren't built to articulate emotion. But this one's face, you notice, is made in such a way as to have had many plates embedded into its skin, which allow it to do exactly that. You see it all blush at the question. Well, uh, just a little bit. How long was I out this time? Two shrugs. I'm not sure. We only just arrived. Ah, well then. And it looks out at the rest of you. Oh, hello there, Wedges. I assume you're all on Agent Q's team. Hello there. My name is Jarvis. I am also an agent of the circle, like yourself. Hi, Jarvis. Hello. hello Jarvis. Welcome back, and good to meet you. Are we sure he's not refurbished? <laughs> That's that's rude. Well, I, I can assure you that I've not been refurbished or worked on as far as I know. In the 25 years that I've been in existence, I'm pretty sure that I'm fine, 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 fine. I'm just, a, I'm just, well, uh... Hugh holds up a hand and interrupts him. He's just a little off. Yes, off. That's what we're going for. Going with off. And Jarvis looks at him, kind of puts his head down. You're, you're so nice to me, Agent Q. Much nicer than the other agents. She goes, Well, it's not your fault. You were made this way. Jarvis nods. Well, thank you, sir. She then laughs. Well, are the officers set, my metal friend? Jarvis nods. Yes! They were made ready about an hour ago, sir. I do hope that everything is to your liking. He finally takes notice of everyone's condition. Oh my. It does appear as if everyone's been through it a bit today. What happened to you all? Uh, it seemed we came across some trouble. Uh, let's just say a, a dead woman fell on us, <laughs> or me. It was, it was terrible, frightening. <laughs> then she exploded into giant demon spiders. It was... Really, quite the evening. Uh, yes. And I watched an old dude do gymnastics. It was kind of surreal. <laughs> I'm not really sure I, any of that happened, but here we are. 
Oh, oh my, that's, that's a thing. All right, Indeed. well. Indeed. <laughs> oh. Jarvis's eyes blink, blink brightly for a moment and then takes notice of Q's arm. He gestures over to it with his three-fingered hand pointing. Your arm, sir! I do think that needs to be looked at. Do not. Yes, yes, I know. I'm sure everyone's already been called. Looks over at all of you. Come on, you all. Time to see where you all will be spending a lot of your time. Looks over at Jarvis. Is the door ready for first-time use? Jarvis's eyes gleam brightly at us. His line of a mouth does its best to facsimilate a smile. Simply settles for opening its mouth. And letting the joints and jaws do the work for him. <laughs> yes, of course. Badge and spell signature attunement are ready and set to go. Enjoy your new digs, wedges. He places his hand on a small metallic pad, and one of the doorways behind him opens slowly. You once again feel the thrum of magic pulsing from the archway, and hear it vibrating in the quiet lobby. Q nods to Jarvis and motions to you all to follow, just before he, dis- he steps through the doorway and disappears from sight again. Guess we gotta follow him. Yes. Uh, she'll go first. Alright. Can you go back look through that door? I dare ya. <laughs> I bet he can. I most certainly can, but I am no child and I will not be swayed by a bet from an adolescent... I've never been lame in my life. <laughs> I mean, you were earlier with that body under you. <laughs> oh, okay. I will prepare. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> a backflip. Yes! All right. Into our new digs. Okay. Yes! Uh, roll an athletics check. Woohoo! Easy as that. <laughs> athletics. Oh, God. <laughs> I was thinking acrobatics. Well, there's that first. 17. Excellent. All right. So you do manage to leap yourself off of the ground. Now roll acrobatics. Oh, 20. Uh, plus 5. 25. Was that a natural 20? Yes. Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> Holy crap. This dude's about to win some gold medals at the Olympics. So you essentially pull off one of the most impressive gold medal winning, like, cartwheels into backflips, into somersaults, into dive roll, into backflip, in through the doors of that archway. And in mid-backflip, I mean, come on. You have to give it up for that. Okay, I won't make fun of his gymnastics anymore, but I'm, his age is still on the table. Why couldn't he do that when he was trying to catch the dead chick? Right? <laughs> Somehow I don't but... think he made himself disappear. Still, quite impressive. Yes. Well, shall we? Oh, let's what shall. if we disappear into, like, the depths of hell? I mean, I'm not even quite sure where we are right now, so we might as well. (laughs) Jarvis kind of leans over and chimes in. Well, well, I I can assure you that this door does not, in fact, lead to any hellscape that I am aware of. I I, I do believe that it is quite safe. It has been checked and double-checked. Not by me. I I know that look. 
Not by me. Alright. But by professionals. By, by, by those who have actually worked on these things for many, many years. Sometimes centuries. You know. Alright, well I'll follow the geezer. I'll go next. Alright. Right. So, one by one, you all go through. Same... Uh, crossing the threshold, you feel the same sensations you did before. The odd vibration, the blurring of your vision. But this time, it's followed by the strange sense of warmth that passes over you and through you. In the next instant, your vision resolves once again, and your sight restored. You find yourself in a room very different from the lobby you just left. The colors are soothing and warm, earthy browns and burgundy black and gold accents. The floor is a polished black marble with the circle's insignia inlaid into it at the center of the room. The ceiling is a glass dome with segmented windows with a frame lined with copper, arcane symbols lightly etched into the glass where you can see the stars. Bookshelves and cabinets with frame blind, or, ah, sorry, bookshelves and cabinets stand about two stories high made of red-finished oak wood filled to the brim with all manner of tomes and grimoires and historical texts and journals cover the walls, and even the space just above that door. You also notice six wooden desk cubicle configurations that surround that large insignia, appearing to be made of the same wood as the bookshelves, with each wall fitted with what, what appears to be some kind of blackboard. You see Jazz oh, this is very nice. I don't think I have ever seen anything quite like Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I am afraid that that may have been a bit too much for my system. Oh. Uh, uh, sir, Q, uh, is there some place where I need to... Q points to a smaller door next to the one you all just walked through. And Jazz runs through it, breakneck speed. <laughs> you hear retching, just... How's the door? Ugh, humans. They have weak stomachs. Q sighs, walks over to the door, closes it. I'm sure he'll be fine. Some people, that experience can be a bit much. It's taken me some time to get used to it as a rookie myself when I first started here. So, you also... So, he walks over to another desk that you see against that wall of bookcases. It's a larger desk, got a collection of papers and orbs and what appears to be a small typewriter type device. With a small click, he unlatches the sword sheath, sword and sheath from his belt, leans it against the front of the desk, but not so that it, that, that it, it obstructs a nameplate that reads Shiro Philip Covare Q, Special Agent, First Class. At the desks, you all find nameplates with, surprise, your name on it. You also find a book of blank parchments, as well as a pen and ink set. There are also spaces along the desks for wands and weapons and spell books and component tools, should you need them. And also, you find a utility belt that, curiously, holds an empty gun holster, spaces for wands, notches for swords or knife scabbards. There are also two small and one medium-sized leather pouches that are available to attach to the belt as well. This, Q begins, is our office. Every team gets one of their own to occupy so that there aren't any butting heads. 
occasionally, there will be times where the teams have to work together on a much larger, more serious case. But there's another room made for that. You'll eventually see it, I gather. Any questions so far, Wedges? Uh, everything is very nice. I'm just grateful. Excellent. So, something else for you all to think about. Every team eventually gets to choose their own name, their own group name. Code name, group name, call it what you will. You can do this amongst yourselves, or I can choose one for you if it makes it easier. But take some time and, and let me know what you all decide to do. Hewlett walks over to one of the bookshelves across from the entryway. Put your things down at your desks and come, as we're not yet done with this case and there's someone you need to meet. He reaches and pulls forward a book titled The Healing Arts of the Fist. There's a click, and the bookshelf splits into two halves and opens inward, revealing a cavernous room with a silver spiraling staircase leading downwards to the level below. Well, here we go. You all follow him down the staircase into another large area that's divided into what appears to be two large, very large rooms. One of these rooms is walled by thick glass and adamantine. The other one looks to be walled with the same wood that your desks are made from, coupled with brick and stone and mortar. He takes you to the door of the glass room, and you enter what looks like a large and sterile laboratory. Metal countertops holding precision instruments and strange-looking arcane orbs and crystals and other weird doodads line the countertops. On the far end of the room are a pair of long examining tables. Upon one of them lies the Jane Doe you found, cleaned up and covered modestly from the shoulders down by a sheet. Her face is no longer an image of horror. It actually looks rather peaceful. A large shield-shaped object hangs from an arm connected to the ceiling, a sequence of runes etched along the inside edge, just hanging quietly there above that Jane Doe. Its twin sits above the second examining table, completely ablaze with bright white light. On that other table lies the strange spider thing on its back. The legs have been pulled so that they all lay spread open and pinned to the air by a spell. Standing over the spider corpse is a figure draped in a long, hooded white robe. Its arms are working furiously as one of the large gloved hands takes a quill and writes furiously into a high-bound notebook. You can hear it. You can hear them whispering. DOA subject appears to have been crushed to death. Opening of abdomen reveals. Figure stops writing, placing the quill down next to the notebook. Oh dear, that poor woman. Q takes a gingerly step towards the figure and tentatively extends a hand. Desi? Desi, what is it? Figure, startled by Q's voice, suddenly stands up straight. Ah! Head colliding with the shield lamp above the table. Ah, mother of Aaron's heavy nutsack! And your female voice exclaims from under the hood. The gloved hands reach up and yank the hood away, revealing a woman with beautiful emerald skin. Her face, however, is twisted in the grimace of pain and annoyance 
Her accents the small pair of tusks protruding from underneath her bottom lip. She ties back her wild shoulder-length brown hair, revealing that her head has been shaved at the sides, as well as her long pointed ears that seem to be pierced many times over. She fiddles with the goggles on her face, taking care to avoid the many magnifying lenses attached to them, but still it's looking in a bit of a hurry to get them off. Q moves forward again. Desi, do you want to... I got this! She grunts, finally undoing the leather strap, holding the goggles to her face and removing them. Abel now looking upon you all with intense amethyst-colored eyes behind a pair of silver-rimmed spectacles. She is, in a word, gorgeous, striking herself. Her grimace changes in an instant to a look of surprise and slight embarrassment. Oh, Q, hi! She straightens her robe and stands a little bit straighter. Uh, who are your friends? I uh, I'm Idris Lot. It's very nice to meet you. Uh, hello. I'm Ozma. Nice to meet you. Oh, Maya, you're colorful, aren't you? <laughs> I've been I've been described as such. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, Lucius Flag, we stumbled upon the poor woman there. Oh, yes, well. Thank you for, bring, for bringing her mostly intact. I, I appreciate that. I'm Triss. Hello, Triss. You're a bit young for this group, aren't you? Sometimes, when I have to be. Well, the bar thought she was legal. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Just roll with it. In, in, in... I'm Ash. Hello. Uh, hello, Ash. Is that... What animal is that that you're wearing? <clears throat> Where are you looking? Um, oh my! To <laughs> see her cheeks turn kind of a brightish purple. Well, um, <clears throat> yes, right. Um, my name is Desdemona Arnak, but you can just call me Desi. Uh, she gives you all this big, wild smile. I will be the coroner and forensic arcanist for your team starting right now. You can see the excitement suddenly. Showing her face as she turns back to Q. I have been working with what you brought back tonight. The data. Oh, the data is pretty conclusive. Come, 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 come. She leads you all to the body of the young woman and moves the top of the sheet down to just underneath the hole where the, her belly button used to be. She moves to the cavity between the woman's breasts and takes two fingers from each hand and places them within the body cavity. She takes a look at the woman's still face and frowns Sorry, dear, this shouldn't take long. There's a gentle squelch as her fingers hook themselves inside and pulls, slowly spreading her cavity open. She motions to you all. Hey, come here. Gather around this table. She pulls the cavity open a little more. Just take a look at this and, and, and tell me what you see in there. Like, like that, I'd like you all to roll an investigation check. What's the mod on that? That is an intelligence mod, I believe. Lovely. Nineteen. Six. Six. Oh my. Fourteen. All right. Five. Y'all. So, those of you in the single digits can't really... You're... 
you're positioned in such a way that you can't really make out anything but like blurs and just kind of weird shapes. Lucius, what you're able to see is that there are very thin remains of what appears to be some kind of amber-colored gelatin-like eggshells, about the size of a child's fist. Tris, you're able to see that, but you're also noticing that this woman's internal organs are missing. Oh, great. That doesn't bode well. Yes, yes, that's very interesting, isn't it? It's since. Woo! Uh, Q, darling, would you hand me the forceps on that table over there, next to the hemoscope, please? Have you guys ever seen organs missing before in your journey? Q kind of takes a deep breath. Yes, but um, I was hoping I'd never have to see that again. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. It's not. Uh, don't get me wrong, the organs thing is disquieting, but are those eggshells? Yes! Yes, dear, they are. They're, 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 they're quite fascinating. Q, uh, give me the forceps. Are we all on board that she got pregnant by these spider beasts? Uh, that's my read! <laughs> Do we all think the organs are whole? I'm just getting a corpse from this side. I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Trust me. Great big hole for us. Yeah. You're better off. Huh. Hang back, Idris. So Q comes back from the table with forceps. It's like, okay, what do you need, Des? Des looks up at Q and then back down to the body. What I need will have to wait until I put these bodies on ice and we've left for the night. <laughs> she looks up and laughs nervously. Hugh gives Desi a very surprised look. Des! She rolls her eyes. I know, I know. Just reach in there and gently grab that eggshell. Take it out, would you please? She does these asked. A look of slight embarrassment on his face. I need something to place this on. One of you, grab that Petri dish from the counter over there. I'll get it. Excellent. So he, once you get back, Ozma, he places the quivering shell onto the dish and places the forceps back on the counter. Desi, what exactly did you find? Desi removes her fingers from the corpse's chest. She takes the gloves off that she's been wearing and puts them on the table next to the body. Firstly, no magic put those things inside of her. She hovers the finger over the cavity. Take a good look at the cavity itself. Tell me what you see. I'd like someone to make a perception check. No wisdom. Fifteen. Seventeen. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. So. Lucius and Triss. Wait, did you tell me what you... No, I didn't. Okay. 16. That works too. Okay, so the three of you, Ozma, Lucius, and Triss, what you all find is that there are places within the wound itself that were cut cleanly and deliberately. Likely with a very sharp, keen blade of some kind. 
The wounds are very are, are very straight where you can see them. The other wounds on the body appear to be made by those spider things. They're jagged and they're rushed and they're rough. They also seem to overlap the other more keenly cut bits of the wounds. Now, what do you postulate from what you see, Agents? This is not done by the spiders. This is done by a skilled sociopath. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Sounds good. For lack of a better word. You are exactly correct. They were placed within this woman with great care, judging from the way the cavity was originally opened. She begins to walk through the corpse of the spider creature. Come, 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 come. Thanks to some records that we have from a few years ago, I was able to successfully identify this creature, which corroborates my theory. She points to the creature and then looks up at Q. Darling, you know what this is, don't you? Q's expression goes to one of deep pain. He nods. I was really, really hoping I was wrong on this. Desi walks over to him and gently places a hand on his cheek. You know he's going to need to know about this, sweetie. This is what you're afraid of it being, and based on what Shai has told me, it sounds an awful lot like it. The chief, you see Q take a long, deep breath and not, yeah, he's not going to be pleased with this at all, especially after all this time. Oh, shit, he's just rubbing at the temples of his head, and he's like, I don't, oh, this is not good, this is not good at all. Okay, okay, we have slipped into some shit. You see him just... You've never seen a black drow go pale before. But he's beginning to pale. And you can see his eye start to twitch just a little bit. Okay. All right. This is... Okay. You have... Clearly, you all have questions. <sighs> I'm going to answer as best as I can, or at least tell you what I know. Those things... He points to spiders. Those things are not just aberrations. They are aberrations that have been created with fiend blood. They are demonic. We call them corpse crawlers. The hosts are killed. Their hearts are removed. The, the eggs are then placed in the body where the heart once was and left there to incubate. Desi puts a hand on Q's shoulder. And he, she continues for him. Once those things hatch, they begin to eat at the host's internal organs. It's how they feed. They can stay within a corpse for weeks at a time, just feeding until there's nothing left of the corpse. 
Usually by that point, instead of the pony-sized creature you see before you, you'd get one about the size of a large bear. Against four of something that size, it's very likely you wouldn't be standing here talking to me. So just, just count yourselves lucky. Who would do something like this? <sighs> there are a couple of options, Hugh says. His arms are folded. Or, I can say for sure, I'm going to need some more information. Desi, is there anything that you can do there? Desi kind of backs away for a moment. Are you asking me to do what I think you're asking me to do, Hugh? Hugh just nods. Yeah, I, I know it's going to take some time to get that prepared. Do you think we can do that tonight? Desi kind of rakes at her hair for a moment, takes a breath. Love, you're, you know what you ask. Yes, she says. I'm very well aware. I know it's not generally within the realm of things that you are liking to do, but I think this is the only way we're going to get answers and prepare ourselves, should this be what I'm really afraid of. Desi nods. Okay. Um, yeah. Take. I'll take. It will take some time. Uh, about thirty minutes or so for me to prepare. And uh, yeah, I, I think I can do that for you. She nods. Kind of has a far off look. Looks to the side, and then she kind of cocks her head to the side a bit. And she points over at Q's arm. She notices the right sleeve is tattered. That the fingers of his mechanical hand are twitching, almost spasming. Q, sweetie, um, what's with your arm? Q is either not getting it or is getting it entirely. Looks at his flesh arm and holds it up. What? Nothing. <laughs> Why? Desi rolls her, arm, her eyes at him. The other arm, idiot. She stifles a laugh. <laughs> you really do say that in the cutest way. You know that, right? He winks at her, and you can see Desi's cheeks start to redden a bit. Desi kind of tries to give him this look of exasperation that looks more comical than pain. Don't you get cute with me, cutie, and don't change the subject! She takes off her long, flowing right robes at this in frustration and tosses it over to her desk chair. Now you can see the wrapped boots that she's wearing, the loose-fitting gold breeches, the black cloth vest that she wears that buttons at the neck. You notice that her left forearm is wrapped in a long strand of mid-sized brass beads that end at a slightly larger admintine-looking bead fitted with a red tassel. The tassel itself is tied into a series of intricately patterned knots. But beyond that, you notice the tight, sinewy muscles in her arms, the way her knuckles are cracking as she slowly closes her hands into fists. You see her stand, slightly taller, as she slams her fists together with a rumbling <coughs> The room shakes a little, the floor 
countertops, the equipment rattles. She gives Q a bit of a grin. You don't change the subject, because I can and will still kick your ass, you know. Q's eyes go wide. He kind of turns to hide his face for a moment. Fine, fine, fine. You win. You win. Um, I attempted to dampen a dangerous spell and took some of the rebound into my arm, and it's a bit twitchy. Desi folds her arms at it. That looks like it could be more than just a bit twitchy. You're going to need to see the Carreras about that arm. You know that, right? She's not going to be pleased about what you did to it. He turns around again. His face looks flushed but calm. All right, all right, fine. Go and see them once we're done here, okay? She moves close. Shakes her head at him. No. Now, mister. Q gulps, long sigh, and narrows his eyes in her general direction. Fine, woman. I will take the wedges with me, and they can meet the Carreras themselves. By the nine, it's such a lucky thing I'm so sweet on you. Desi leans forward, bows her head, just enough to catch Q's lips in a tender but brief kiss that catches him a bit off guard. Mm, not as lucky as you can be. If you, darling, you interrupts, you realize that the wedges are watching. Right. Desi freezes in place. Oh! Her entire face goes from this gorgeous green to this odd shade of red. Shit! I forgot they're in here! Um, and that was the play we were rehearsing called, Hey guys, guess who I'm kissing? <laughs> Hugh is using all of his strength to not burst into laughter. It's 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 fine, Des. It's fine. He turns to everyone. Just so we get this out of the way. Desi and I have known each other both since we've become a part of the circle years ago. Once they recently started seeing each other, it's perfectly fine. Everyone knows about it. It's not a big secret. It's a thing. Okay. Uh, you're you're a very lucky man. Very lucky. Desi leans over. Oh you've his eyes just go wide, looks mortified. Desi! I'm just saying. Kind well, of a shy look. I wish you well in your uh, rehearsals. This is nasty. You just shake like catching your parents doing it. Well, good, good. What? I, I, Desi just looks flustered at that. Young lady! That's, that's not what's happening here at all. She, she kind of folds her arms, goes into herself a bit. Well, did you... She looks at Q. Did you hear about the agents who put coin on how long it would take for us to get together? Q nodded. Yep. Chief won that bet. Bought me the jacket I wore on our first date. Desi smiles, completely loosening up and forgetting about that awkwardness. Oh! Well, we haven't forgotten it. I love that jacket. You look so... Damn it! She shakes her head. Enough with the memories. Take your charming looks and your sexy red eyes and tight ass and get yourself to the damned workshop before Ew. I stop caring about the wedges being here. Q thinks for a moment. Uh-oh. Uh, 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 Q! She shouts at him. Wedges! All right. Uh, 
few calls. He moves quickly for the door. I will come back and finish up here once we've got my arm figured out and you've met your quartermaster. Uh, he holds the door open, beckoning you all to pass me quickly. So come on, let's get out of things. And all right. Desi waves. Bye, darling. See you later. Q leads you all down the hallway you had originally come from to this brick and to that brick and adamantine room next door. Gives you all a look. All right, so I'm sure you all have things to say about that. Yeah, when's dinner? <laughs> Soon. Yes, you all do still need to eat, don't you? Uh, one moment. Runs back over. Runs through the adamantine doors. Uh, does any of you? Do any of you follow? Do you? I follow. Okay. I'm all curious. I want to see what's through those doors. Yeah. Or through the through the glass doors. It goes back into the laboratory. Oh, yeah. I'm following. <laughs> Peering through, nosy. Uh-huh. Desi, sweetheart. Um, he kind of looks at her, staying as far away as from her as she can, because now notice his that right arm, that right hand, it's starting to twitch a little bit more. Um, he has his left hand kind of holding onto the arm because he's afraid of. Looks like he's afraid of what's going to happen. Uh, their dinners got interrupted. Would you mind calling up to the cafeteria and getting something brought down? Uh, just something to the workshop. Anything. Just something good. You guys are kind of, yes, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I can do that. That's not a problem. Um, you take care of that arm. It looks like it's getting worse, huh? Yeah, I know. I'm, we're going. Going right now. Alright, see you soon. Alright. Comes back out. He sees you both. It's kind of weren't you supposed to be down by the by the door? Waiting. Yeah, I don't really do that rule thing very well. That much is clear. Got it. Cool. Alright. Just so we're all on the same page there. Yes. Yes. That's going to need that's gonna be a discussion later. Both of you, come, come. Walks over to the door. He puts his finger over his lips. He's like, walks in front of a steel door that kind of looks like it had to have been part of a dungeon or something a long time ago. He bangs the door three times with the flesh hand. (coughs) Then he waits. He waits again. And looking around, it takes a little while sometimes. I think you're welcome. After a moment, there's a click. And a scraping, grating sound of metal sliding against metal. The door slowly begins to creep open. The bottom of the door scraping against the stone floor. As you stand there, there's this brief waft of heat and the scent of metal and raw magic fill your nostrils. Now, when I say the scent of raw magic, think of the scent of air charged with ozone and energy. Just like, like you know the smell that you get just before like a really, really good rainstorm, a really good thunderstorm. Now, dial that up to 11. 
those of you that are especially sensitive to it, I'm looking at you two sorcerers, you can feel it thrumming in your veins. It's not an unpleasant feeling, but it does startle you as you feel it for the first time in such a high concentration. It's causing a little bit of lightheadedness, but not so, not so much that you're unable to function. So, Shiro Q walks into the room. Alright, well, come on in, guys. I'll walk in. The room you find yourselves in is kind of reminiscent of an old town magic shop. Shelves of books and countertops with various strange and familiar items strewn across them. A couple of scrolls here and there. It's a large suit of black plate armor with some strange and old etchings uh, along the helm and the gauntlets. It sits next to this large archway, revealing what looks like a spiraling stone staircase leading up. There are wooden beams that are connected by crossed beams near the ceiling that are also decorated with masks and swords and a variety of staves and wands. There are also a few curious long barrel revolver style handguns hoisted on the walls. You can see that the cylinder chambers and barrels are adorned with rune etchings that shimmer in the light of the mage lamps that are scattered across the room. Well, this is, uh, this is kind of the front facing of the quartermaster's shop. This is where you'll be outfitted with things that you need. Um, once you meet the Carreras, you will understand exactly what that means, as they can explain it a lot better than I can. So, um, uh, yeah. You then... Actually... I'd like you all to roll a perception check. Well, 19. Okay. Nine. I am really digging that air. <laughs> you really are. I, I have a four. I'm looking at the ground. He's <laughs> okay. so, himself. 19. What did you hit again? 12. 12. Okay. So, the both of you, uh, Ash more so than Ozma, kind of feel this oddness in the air that's got nothing to do with the, the, the raw magic floating above. It's almost like a presence, like you're being watched. You hear. Oh, God. <laughs> Hear that right? What? Yes, yes, that's happening to us all. Q barely has time to raise an eyebrow when you all hear Slickatoria! And you see your red and green blur come down from the, the cross beams and latch itself onto Q's flesh arm. And out, you, out, it, out. What the hell is that? What are you doing? And what you see is a maybe two and a half foot tall 
goblin with bright red eyes. His teeth are clamped into Shiro's arm. And it's also wearing a onesie uh, that appears to be a dragon onesie. Mm -hmm. Tail and feety pajama things. It's, 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 you know, dragon paws for feet. And where the, you know, hands come out, there are also kind of claw things. And he's, you know, holding on to Shiro's arm with both of his hands, and he's like, <laughs> Ah, ready! Ready your weapons! And ready! Ah. Shiro holds up a hand. That, that's, that's, that's not necessary. Yeah, Her- old man, why do you want to kill a baby gremlin? <laughs> it's dangerous! Obvious. It's in a dino onesie. Uh, oh, that's what that is. <laughs> and you, you, you hear. <laughs> Carrera, what have we talked about? Talking with your mouth full. Carrera then latches off of his arm. <sighs> Q just kind of rubs at it. You don't actually see any blood drawn, but there are obvious bite marks there. And, go, and cr- the little goblin's kind of bouncing up and down. He's very excited. Oh, you said uh, that Trevor should not talk with his mouthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that seems like a threat, old man. It's almost adorable. <sighs> Q looks down at Carrera, now standing there on the floor. We've talked about this, Carrera. Um, you don't announce a sneak attack when you're making a sneak attack. You you, you sneak you, you you do it quietly. Little goblin looks up at him. Carrera thinks you're doing it wrong. I don't think you, Carrera doesn't think you should you should be so quiet. Carrera thinks that if you startle them, it'll be even sneakier. Right? Right? I like it. See, see, Murder Girl loves it. Carol likes you. I like you. Yay! Carol has fun. Carol has fun. Okay, I wouldn't go that far. Starts bouncing up and down. He's like, comp, 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 Carol, 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 Carol. Take a breath. All right. What did we say about controlling our excitement? That it's great to control our excitement because sometimes Carilla gets too excited and it makes weird things happen. That's right, Carrera, he says. Um, so, you're up quite a bit past your bedtime. Carilla's helping his sister with, with some stuff that she's trying to finish up. Um, uh, also, Carilla can sleep. Okay. Then you hear a voice come from the staircase. Krella, are you biting people again? Krella goes, No! Krella is, is having fun with, with Agent Q, Krella's friend. Um, random people, I'm really going with Krella's friend now. You hear these, you know, mid-range steps as a figure in kind of a 
leather smock and a metal mask and these big fucking dragon scale looking gloves. He's walking down the stairs, kind of clumping. You notice that she's not as short as Korea is. Kind of stands at about 5'8". She walks over, pulls the mask off of her head, and she's long, dark hair, braids here and there, big eyes, uh, kind of doe eyes. They're also kind of reddish. She looks, for all intents and purposes, not like a goblin, except for her ears. Her ears are very goblin, and they are... Scaled to her size. She kneels down at him very patiently. Little brother, you can't go around biting people again. We've talked about this too. Crara looks up. But Crara, Crara, she doesn't mind. Crara likes this. Huge. Waves it off. It's 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 fine, Carrera. It's it's fine, Carrera. And then he turns to all of you. Oh, I'm sorry. This is awkward. Um, everyone and the girl. Comes, oh, oh, hi, 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 hi. Welcome, welcome to my workshop. Uh, my name is Carrera. Um, you. Clearly, not my little brother, Carrera. Wait, you have the same name? Yes, she goes on. Um, so, our father is not very much one for originality when it came to things like names. It's very, very awkward sometimes. Um, but for the sake of ease, uh, a lot of us refer to my little brother as Shortstack. This is how I've come to address him most of the time, except when he's being a bit naughty. Isn't that right, Carrera? Ah, you see Carrera kind of shrink. Is it being naughty? Carrera is just playing. She goes, really, it, it really is alright. And he attempts to kind of pat Carrera on the head, but with the wrong arm, and it starts to spasm, and it flicks Carrera's ears just to, ah, whoa, ah, I thought, I thought we were friends, uh, uh, you see Q just kind of grab his arm, uh, I'm so sorry, it's, um, I'm, and the other Carrera looks closely at the arm. Damn it, Agent Q. What the hell did you do to my arm? Uh, Q just kind of looks sheepishly. Well, um, I took a bit of magical energy in, and, you know, I'm you know, trying to save life, and um, I may have... Um, it, I, I, it, it needs to be looked at, if, 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 you, if you don't mind. Please, please. Does he threaten to kick your ass again? She gives you a look and gives you all kind of a 
As Q is like, no, no, no. A very discreet head nod on my part. She, she might have mentioned something. Oh, she's real mad. <laughs> okay, she says. She's wipes her brow. All right, um, well, um, welcome. Uh, all of you, come on upstairs, especially you, Q. Bring your broken ass upstairs so I can take a look. I'm... Come on, you might as well see what, uh, what she works on, the things that you're going to be using. Uh, as she walks up the stairs, uh, with all of you, I'm assuming, in tow, she begins to explain, Well, I am a, uh, I'm a blacksmith and an art, artificer. Um, I, I learned this from my father. Uh, you may have heard of him. Uh, he goes by the name Hammerfist. Uh, he is not a dwarf. <laughs> I know that sounds very much like a dwarven name, but it's not. And then Carrera's, you know, little Carrera, short stack Carrera, bounding up the stairs. <laughs> That's a goblin! Just like Carrera! <laughs> I'm, I'm, Big Sis is only half goblin, but it's cool, because she's still part goblin. I love her a lot, so don't make fun of her, okay? Prayer kind of sighs. Thank you, short stack. Very, very sweet of you. Prayer loves it, sister. Prayer will bother anybody and try to say anything about it. Prayer don't take no shit. She's like, language, sir. I like this goblin. See? She loves me. Nearly girl likes I'm sorry, wait, Carrera, Carrera's sorry. Uh, Carrera doesn't want to keep calling him Rudy Girl. What's your name? I'm Tris. Hi, Tris, I'm Carrera! Hi. Hi. You want to be friends? Yes! <laughs> cool. Yeah! Carrera's got fun. Carrera's got fun. He starts doing the same dance again. The Carrera's like, okay, all right, all right, okay. Um, let's con- continue on up the stairs. Please, please, please. So you all reach the top of the stairs, and where the shop down below seemed kind of large-ish in size, the workshop dwarves it in comparison. You see vast windows. Uh, I mean, it is it. The room itself looks like it's about a two or three-story tall warehouse. She kind of just kind of you know wanders along. So this is this is the workshop, and uh, she leads you over to a stack of shelves that are more I'd say they're more of an armoire set than shelves. She points down to a stool. You asshole, sit down. Points at Q and points at the stool. Fine, all right. So Q sits down. Take off your shirt and your... Take off your robe and your vest, please. So she's like, all right, well, fine. You'll, you'll see a lot of this, so no one get all shy on me, people. So you see him take the jacket off, the, the robe. And this is the first time that you see the entirety of the arm. Uh, you can definitely see that it is... It looks a bit different than any war-forged arm you've ever seen. 
it's very much uh whereas a warforged arm generally only has three fingers this arm definitely has all five and it was it it's it articulates exactly the way a normal hand would when he shiro holds the arm out while older carrera and younger carrera both get kind of these long metal rods and he placed they both place them underneath the arm Hugh rests his arm underneath or yeah just above the stand and kind of is resting his arm on them so what you see are think um of Ed's arm in Full Metal Alchemist. The bottom half, the forearm, down from the elbow, looks very much like that. From the elbow going up to the shoulder, there are more intricate uh, pattern work with the metal work. And at the shoulder itself, there is a large white gem. Rounded off, very polished, and it's glowing. It's kind of just, it's a steady, almost like a heartbeat. The older Carrera uh, kind of looks over at it. It's like, okay, hang on just a moment. Walks over to a small desk that she keeps. Opens a drawer. Okay, where the fuck is it? Okay, um, all right, okay. Pulls out a set of goggles. They're not like the goggles that you saw Desi wear earlier. These goggles, rather than have the, I want to say like five or six different uh, magnifying lenses that were attached to it, kind of at the ends, this one looks more like a like they're telescopic. So she adjusts a, a couple of knobs on the actual lens. And the lens expands. And uh, if one of you wants to do an arcana check. Uh, 15. 15, that's good. Uh, so Lucius. 20, 22. Nice. Wow, okay, so both of you are seeing all the things. Um, by the by, because of the arcane energy in the room, I, I, I should have said this before, all of your arcana checks get a plus three. Mm. <clears throat> you are enhanced 25. by... 25. Yeah, 22. you are enhanced by the aura. So, what you all are seeing are, and it's very, very small, so you can just make it out, tiny, tiny rooms on both the outer edge, outer rim of the goggles, and along the bits that expand outward. And she gets up close to the arm, looks at it, kind of makes some adjustments here and there on different uh, lenses of the goggles. Uh-huh. Uh, what kind of energy did you say you took in that rebounded and fucked up my arm like this? Shiro's sure, kind of well, it was a, uh, not sure, uh, the best I can make of it is it's a kind of 
darkness energy. So your arm was assailed by darkness. Show as much as he can shrug shrugs. Yeah. Alright. Fine. Don't tell me what it is. I'll figure it out. Show just kind of throws his hand throws his free hand up in the air. I'm telling you the truth. That's what happened. Hell if I know what the hell it actually was. Just can you can you do anything? It's like, well, I don't know that I can do anything with this arm. But it just so happens. She gets up from her place at the in front of Shiro, walks over, and opens up the arm more. What you can see there are more arms. Uh, arm yeah. more. <laughs> but I was just thinking. <laughs> You know, I didn't actually make that connection until you just now. Well done. <laughs> well done. Uh, all kind of hanging down. You notice that the shoulder is missing from each one of them. So she kind of looks and she's Okay, I can give you the new one that I'm working on. You have to promise me that you will not fuck this one up. And she was like, I can't make that promise unless you can promise me that this new arm has something that can successfully dampen wild magic. I thought you said it was darkness magic. Well, yes, but the magic itself was wild and batshit. I don't know what it was. It was dark. It was dark aura. Weird, okay? Do you have anything for that? She kind of looks at you Looks at the arms, looks at Shiro. Either of you corroborate what the fuck this guy is saying? He comes in half the time with his arm beat up and messed over because he's been fighting with some shit or another. And I don't know what the hell he's doing. Can either of you verify that this is darkness craziness that he's spouting out? Please? I mean, it sure looked dark. What the spiders were made of was—it was dark. Remember, my light hurt them. Yep. You wait, wait. These were spiders. Yeah, some of those delightful uh, corpse crawlers. You see corpse. her eyes go wide. The aberrant uh, creations with fiend's blood oh, sprinkled oh. in for good measure. Oh, well, I've read about what those things are. I, I've read it. I've, I've not been here. As long as Shiro and Desi are. I'm sorry, I keep calling him Shiro. You know him as Q. I'm going to call him Shiro because that's how I know him. Because he's an, also, he's an asshole sometimes. But anyway, I am not an asshole. You're an asshole who breaks my arms. Totally an asshole. <laughs> but an asshole with a great ass. <laughs> yeah, Shiro's Desi face told us. just lowers and what... Uh, of his face, you can see, is going beat red. I mean, for a half drown, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> it's just... Uh, I'm, I've, I've, I've got... Okay. All right. All right. All right, guys. Thank you. I think you embarrassed you. him. Good job. Sorry, sir. <laughs> it's fine. Sorry, not sorry. I know you're not sorry. Uh, so... Carrera, older Carrera, sister Carrera, uh, is just kind of, okay, that's, 
that's that's a thing. Um, short stack. See little Carrera run up. Be a darling little brother and fetch me my tools, please. Carrera's eyes just light up. Yes, yes, it's tools time. Tools time. Carrera's where all the tools are. Just see him scurry off into the dark. Um, I'd like to go with him. Okay, you want to go with him? All right, great. <laughs> you go with Carrera. You, 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 you find that for someone that small with small legs, he moves fucking fast. Oh yeah. Uh, so Tris, you follow Carrera, and he takes you to this kind of uh, cabinetry. And in a in a workshop like this, you would think that the cabinetry were all steel and very hardy, but instead you find that it's just woodwork. She doesn't really go for traditional. It would appear. She Carrera mm, walks. This, 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 this is the best part. Carrera takes a stool from across the room, kind of drags it over. <laughs> And in his excitement, he kind of misjudges, and the, the, the stool hits the wall. <laughs> it's okay. Wall's fine. It's fine. Carrera ah, has this. Carrera <laughs> hops up one step at a time, one step at a time. And on the counter of the cabinetry that he's at, there is a bag. And it's a bag that is written or has. Uh, kind of burned into it. Goblin-like language. Any of you speak Goblin? No, but since we're friends, I'm, I'd like to ask him what it says. Okay, you ask him what it says. Um, <laughs> it's just true. It's still kind of... <laughs> okay, <sighs> it says, this bag belongs to Kira, um, Hammerfist, the second. That's not me. <laughs> this second is what they call the big sis. This this Carrera is is still strong stuff. Yes. And he grabs the bag. He hops down off the thing with it. Uh, would would, would like to hold the bag? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so he. Hands you the bag as best as he can, short, stubby arms. Um, and he, you know, walks with you back, and he's kind of got this very proud, I'm singing a little song. Carrera, I have a question. Carrera likes Christmas! Can you tell me about this place? What place? This, this whole inner sanctuary of the circle. Kid is not for that, but Kid can try. Okay. Who's in charge? Of this building? Of everything. Oh! Kira kind of sits on the floor for a second. Kind of hand on, uh, chin on his, on his fist. Kira has not yet met that person. Kira has heard a lot back of her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Why the fuck are you this story since human? What about Karina Holmes? Karina Holmes a lot. Karina likes to sneak. I like to sneak. You did here? Yeah, maybe we should sneak. That would be fun! We can sneak together sometime. Yeah. Yeah! I like that. Okay. Uh, do you like it here? Karina loves it here. It's so much fun! Is everyone nice to you? Yeah! Everyone's pretty nice. And especially the chief. Karina and the chief are good friends. Chief Q? No. Who's the chief? The chief uh, that you met in the first episode, uh, which is, hang on, I should have all of this information at the ready, but I do not. That is okay. Uh, the chief he is referring to is... Chief Cornith Honoras. Yes. He is the dragonborn that presided over your ceremony, over the graduation ceremony. He's dragonborn. He is dragonborn. Are there a lot of dragonborns here? Here at the circle? Yes. Prayer thinks for a moment. There's a few. There's an entire team of dragonborns. They're pretty... They get rowdy sometimes. They get rowdy. Okay. Yeah, but I'm a fun one. Cool. Please, please ball with them sometimes. And occasionally, one of them will set the ball on fire by accident. But that's okay, because he'll always back for another. Hey, I'm really hungry. Can you take me to the kitchen? Um, uh, not supposed to take you outside of the room yet. And he runs off. <laughs> so as he, I'm, I'm assuming, do, do you do you follow him? Yeah. Okay. So as the two of you uh, walk back over. Uh, while this is happening, while this whole thing has happened, uh, you all are sitting with uh, Carrera, or not Carrera. Yeah, well, yes, Carrera, the other Carrera, and Q. And, of course, Carrera's making a big fuss over... I can't believe that... I mean, you barely had that one a month. And you you really should just treat my arms better. It's like, what do you mean, your arms? Well, I built them. And Hugh kind of gives her this look. But you did not design them, so technically they are not your arms. Well, I'm sorry. I know how I know how touchy you can get about that. And I, that's who who designed them? Are you back? Yeah. From, okay. I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just asking questions in the room. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, it's not really for me to say. Um, and Hugh's just like, this is not. Time to really go over that. I mean, it's not real persuasion. Fourteen. Fourteen. 
kind of resigns to but you see him get this kind of smile almost proud smile on his face uh it was actually uh my daughter designed my you have a daughter where is she not here do you see her occasionally yes very nice close i would say so yes would she say so Yes. I mean, okay. maybe not close in distance, but close in heart, yes. She, she and I are, yes. Why don't you live with her? Because she's away training. Okay. As much as one can train a 13-year-old. She's 13? Yes. And you're okay with her living elsewhere? Well... She is with people that I trust, implicitly. So, uh, yeah. not, uh, I get letters from her at least once, once a week, so we're not out of contact with each other. Uh, when I lost my arm, uh, due to some unfortunate events, uh, another, um, her, Roll persuasion on that one. Fifteen. Once upon a time, we had someone who was not as faithful to the circle as we had thought they were. I was the one who found them out. And a fight ensued. And that person got the better of me in combat that day and took my arm. As a result, uh, my daughter, who is her own variety of amazing, uh, drew up the designs for this arm. Well, not this one. This one's all mangled, but the basic design for my arm, which she then gave to the Carreras, and they built for me. And you see now he's completely shirtless, and you can see where it's almost weird how you can't tell, or you can kind of see where the arm, the metal of the arm itself sort of starts to blend and graft into his skin. Where you're not quite sure what bits of what appear to be skin is skin or metal. And she goes, he just kind of pats out his shoulder and it's like she she did good. I did not think that I would ever be able to work, let alone have an arm that is worthy of use, an arm that can hold a sword. She sounds perfect. Can we get on with this? I'm really hungry. Well, all right. Hugh just kind of takes a breath. You're the one who asked. Yeah, I wish I had. Speaking of hungry... I want to uh, try to sneak away and try to get to that food before other people. 
So I would like to roll stealth to see if I can slide out <laughs> from the party. <laughs> you can certainly try. Okay. Roll one. Here we go. Please. Uh, oh, wow. I rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> Foresight. Oh. You make your way... Are you wearing armor? Um, I have chainmail. You're wearing chainmail. Okay. You make your way to the stairs that lead downstairs. But there is a screw left loose on the ground. And you slip on the screw and fall. And your armor just makes the loud just clang, <laughs> clang, 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 clang. <laughs> Take back that guy being <laughs> And you are just spread out on your back now. Hugh uh, uh, <laughs> just kind of looks over and there's a face palm involved. And it's like, oh, okay, alright, that... I don't know what you were doing. And just then, you see a couple of gnomes come up, holding trays. So did someone order um, some food? Me. A bunch of food? Yes. Food? Okay. okay, boys. The food's here. The, the, the people are here. Food. Step on the guy on the ground. So <laughs> each gnome, there's about four gnomes that come out, and they hand you all a couple of trays. They all, they all put the trays on the counter, I should say. And they are a collection of various meats, fruits, and a couple of ales, a couple of casks of ale, um, some vegetables here and there, uh, some jerkies. These, 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 these things, these, these things should suffice you guys for now. Uh, we're sorry. Uh, the cook has already gone home and gone to bed, and uh, it's, uh, it's a little, little late for for us to go and and get him. He lives in the cogs, and we'd rather not down there. We're not sure why he lives there, but it's not like he doesn't make any money. Anyway, uh, we're gonna leave this. If you need anything else, we'll be around. I I could Thanks. use some help up. Oh, please. Oh dear. Down here. Oh, we didn't see you down there, old timer. Okay. They they all go and they they do their best to help you out. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, they have to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, thank they you. They all kind of you know to get. Maybe two or three minutes, but they finally managed to get you up on your feet. Thank you. Thank you so and, uh, much. Oh, yeah. That's, it's, 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 where were you guys? I'm <laughs> sorry. This was just so much funnier. Oh. <laughs> I guess for you, sure. All right. Wait, wait. You do fine work, uh, Lucius. I flip all of them a coin and say thank you. Thank you graciously. Uh, beautiful. What kind of coin do you flip them? Uh... Not a full gold, but a silver. Oh. They, they, they catch the silver coins in the air and look at them. Kind of look at you, look at them. Oh, okay. And of course, they bite the coin. Oh, 
Thank you kindly. And they all scurry downstairs. Or we remember downstairs. only the best from Team Idris Lot. Right? I we, never, we never agreed on that. Is that what the that. team's called? Yes! That's a stupid name! We agree. Oh. We're changing it immediately. That hurts. I thank them for the food. You're welcome. And, and I hug one of them. Oh! Hi! And I inform them that I'm too young for the ale, but is there any chance if I walk down with them, there might be something that's more inappropriate for me? Oh. I think you probably need it here. What? What? What would you like? I wanted to go with you because I'm scared in here. Shiro kind of looks over at you and raises an eyebrow. What are you afraid of? Your shirtless body. <laughs> I second that. It's he, just obvious. He looks down just, at himself. I just watched I, a dead lady erect with spiders. Can I not get a cup of warm milk with some goblins alone in the kitchen? They're gnomes. Gnomes. They're gnomes. Sorry. Why <laughs> 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 I resent that one. Why resent I'm not confused. Friend. It's okay. Carol forgives you, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. My favorite best friend, Bestie. Yeah. Who are you looking at? All of you. I can be nice. Carol, Carol, do that say to you? I'm a nice nurse. If not, I would love that. Q. He looks at Q. Here it's cool. Carol's gonna be with him. Q kind of looks at Carrera. Looks at you, Triss. Looks at Carrera again. Leans in as much as he can with his arm, with his metal arm still on the, the stealth. Okay, I'm trusting you. I'm deputizing you right now. Deputizing? Does that mean Carrera's an agent there? Is Carrera an agent there? Is Carrera graduated? Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow your roll, short stack. You're not quite an agent yet. You're not old enough. But you are serving right now as my assistant. <gasps> Carrera's eyes just get really big. You see that this grin just across his entire face from ear to ear. It's very easy for goblins because their mouths are huge. Uh, just this big, toothy, fang, toothy grin. <laughs> like this one. Thank you, Ayame. That that little voice you hear, that's that's not my voice. It's actually my little girl, Ayame. She's hanging out with us tonight. Yay! Yay! Say hi, Ayame. Hi. Hi. <laughs> but yes, much like the... Uh, for those of you who aren't able to see this, uh, my daughter, and this is the inspiration for the little Carrera character, has a little goblin stuffed toy uh, that comes from the Pathfinder game series got this at a Comic-Con. Uh, I'll probably take a picture of it and post a link to it to, to, on the show notes. So, yeah. It legitimately is adorable. It's really adorable. Precious. <laughs> and it's my new BFF. And it's the new BFF. So Carrera is very... <laughs> she stands at attention and salutes. She's like, I will not Carrera will not let you down. Says, okay, you, you can go and hang out with Tress and the gnomes, uh, as long as you all are back, uh, he kind of shifts in his pants and his breeches and pulls out a pocket watch, uh, kind of does some math in his head, 
Okay, I'm going to need you guys back in about 20 minutes so that we can go back to thing. And older Carrera, like, this is going to take a little bit longer than 20 minutes. You're going to be in this chair for about 45 at the very least. So we'll be back in 45. Thank you, Carrera. You just kind of gives Carrera some like... <clears throat> older Carrera thought, I don't know anything except that I'm here to work on your arm. And that's what's going to happen. Sit still and chill out. She turns to you, Tress, and is like, you go and have some drinks. My little brother will be with you. Try not to wander off. This place is a bit of a maze if you don't know how to get around. I'll do my best to not wander off. Also, if you uh, happen to be able to scare up a bottle of Honduran Red, uh, that would be delightful. The goblins... I don't even know what that is. The, the gnomes kind of... We have any Honduran Red? Looks at the other goblin. The other goblin. Not goblin. Gnome. So now I'm doing it. I know. <laughs> uh, the other gnome kind of sits there and is like, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll look. and we'll, If we can't find anything, we'll do our best to find you a proper approximation. Uh, you have my gratitude. There's a beer snob. Don't get him anything. Come on, missy. Go down to the cafeteria. We'll find you something good to drink. So you all kind of head off. Uh, meanwhile, in the in the workshop, they everyone watches you guys leave. Q's, of course, is like, oh god, this is what what did I do in a past life? Um, so well, we gotta get on with the arm thing. Carreras, yes, yes. Hang on. Takes the tools that short stack Carrera bought her. It's going to be fun referring to those two. Um, and takes out what looks to be like a couple of oversized pliers. One she puts down next to him. You just That's for later. She kind of, with her goggles still on, kind of, with one hand, kind of cranks... The one of them a little bit to the left. Ah, yes, there it is. And the goggles, or not on the goggles, on the, the pliers, she thumbs kind of a tiny dial. And the claw on the dial, or on the plier, becomes a needle nose. It kind of shifts. <laughs> and she searches on Q's arm. For a kind of notch underneath one of the, the plates near where that shoulder piece is. And she goes, Clink. So, since we're going to be doing this for a while, we thought we'd play a fun game of answering careers questions. Why don't you all tell me what exactly attracted you guys to the circle? You all seem to be a Bit of a mix. It's fascinating. She continues clicking. But all go at once. I mean, we're going to be here for a while. I mean, I'd rather... Personally, I'd rather not sit here in silence. 
Unless you all want to sit in awkward silence, we can do that too. No, no, no need for that. Uh, it was quite simple. I seem to have a talent for magic. And to be honest, I wanted to help people more than what I was doing. Join a, a better group once again. Better group? Does that mean you were in a group before now? Not, I'm sorry, not better, but just, uh, Lucius, what? Forgive him, he does tend to ramble on a bit. Yes, I, I have heard that old people tend to do that. He looks quite old, a bit old for the circle even. Uh, still, though, remarkably spry. Oh, really? He doesn't look it, I mean... He did fall flat on his back there a moment ago. It was. It comes and goes. It comes and goes. Oh, all right. And the circle has no age limit, so... This is true, but I've not really seen many people... I mean, you are noticeably old. Uh... I mean, I know I'm young and all, but sir, you're old. No need to rub it in. You look close to death, sir. Uh, Are you sure you're not dying? Huh? <laughs> okay, so he's hard, hard of hearing too, I suppose. Well, Mr. Flag, hi. Uh, what about you? What, what, what brought you to the circle? Well, a combination of things. Um, certainly the chance to play my part in its larger goals. Uh, as you may know, uh, my family is somewhat uh, notable uh, in the world. And while I love them I've dearly... I've never heard of them. They're referring to your family as the, the flags? Yes. I, I, I don't really get out a whole lot. I hang out in my workshop. I, I build stuff. That's absolutely fair. If you haven't spent much time uh, in the larger part of Andur, you probably haven't heard of them. I have not spent any time in Andur. Well, that would explain it. Oh, yes. Uh, they're lovely people, but uh, a bit indulgent for even my taste. And this presented me with a chance to, well, utilize my gifts and hopefully figure out a little more about uh, my purpose here. Oh, well, that's strangely had more depth than I was expecting. Thank you for your honesty. You are most welcome. And she looks over at Ash with all of the skins and things that he's wearing. Um, uh, uh, what about you, sir? Um, I'm very curious of all, all of the, the skins that you kind of look like you maybe have been living in a forest. Oh, you are perceptive. I've... You know, I've been living in a forest by myself for the past few decades, and, uh... A few decades? Yeah. How old, sir? Don't mind me asking. Uh, in my 70s. Ooh! Wow. Getting up there. <laughs> Young whippersnapper compared to you. <laughs> yeah, Carrera kind of leans her head over and looks at you and just, You're one to talk. 
She looks back at Ash. Go on, sir. The Septicentarian talking about the Septuagenarian. <sighs> I felt it was time to uh, experience something new and go on some other sort of adventure than just hanging out in the forest by myself. Hmm. That does seem dreadful. It was okay. Seems, <laughs> seems boring. Well, I stand corrected. <laughs> And Ozma, at that, she looks at you. You look of a different sort. Um, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something familiar about you. I don't know if it's you or the way you dress, but I just can't get it out of my... There's something there. Let's, uh, um, I'm... I've just met you. I mean, I don't think I know you from No, anywhere. I'm not saying you don't, you don't know me, and I don't know you, but there's something familiar about you somehow, and I don't know why. Oh, it's um... discerning. Discerning. That's not the word I want. <laughs> it's disquieting. Disquieting. Sometimes I get on and I forget my words. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I work around these fumes and all the, the, the magic in the air gets to my brain. Maybe, maybe that's why I look familiar. I don't know that it's that. Frankly, I can't understand how you can focus with this air. Well, I've been doing this for quite a while. Um, like I said before, my father was a, a very noted uh, goblin arcanist uh, back in Zendrick. And uh, in, in, within our small goblin tribe. And so, uh, when it was discovered that I, too, had the gift for it, he began to teach me, and, excuse me, I, uh, I just kind of caught on and just studied under him, and there was always a lot of magic around, and, I mean, most times it's fine, and I'm okay, but other times it can seep in and kind of affect the way I work. Uh, but, so far, I haven't blown anyone up, so, you know, we're good there. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Yeah. So, so, Asma, was it? What, what brought you to the circle? And you see Q just like, here we go. I, um, I, you you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just kind of find yourself, you just kind of fall into a thing. And then you do some things, and then, and then I'm here. That's 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 my story. That was very nondescript. I'm it's, uh The circle is a very very specific thing to just fall into. Uh, I mean, I, I I dabble in various things, do some stuff and some things, and uh, and well, I okay. Know, see, I found myself in the right place at the right time. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's it. That's it. Q kind of chuckles a bit and is like, that's about as apt a description as you're probably going to get. That's, yes. Yeah, it yeah. Was definitely right place, right time situation. And we're going to leave our story at that, I think, Carrera. Can we get to, to we continue with the arm, please? Stuff and things. Stuff, and stuff and things. I'm a jack of all trades. Covering a say. lot of bases. Oh. Yes. Covering covering bases, yes. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a thing. Sure. He was very very uh huh. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's see you kind of have that look. Let's see you spin your way out of this one. It's it's a talent I have. Yes, you you certainly yes. I perhaps they just needed my talents. Yes, yes, that's it, that's it. Q looks up at Carrera and kind of just waves away Ozma's talking. And just kind of, she came highly recommended. It was, uh, she's quite talented and has a lot of potential. And uh, the recommendation that I received was notable. What he said, notable, recommended, talented, potential. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you guys looking at? Bases being covered. <laughs> oh, I love this. This is great. So, where's that hail? Carrera is, uh, you know, clicking away, kind of undoing the things on Q's arm. And okay, well, that's um. I thought they'd be more of you. We have uh, one. Additional with us, uh, not of course discounting our milk thirsty friend. Um, he didn't take well to the transportation the first time. Oh, uh, yeah, that can be a bit discombobulating. Yes, yeah, I, I'm, 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 yeah. I remember my first time coming here a couple years ago. I did not sit well with my stomach. I, I was in, I was in the facilities for. At least an hour. Everything I ate that day was not good. And I ate a lot that day. It was not... Mm. Yeah, so yeah, he's he may be a while there before he... Yes. yes. Q, well, one note on that end. I know it's been a, a busy evening, but yes, a, of little, a little more heads up on that I would have been so. appreciated. Oh, well, I mean, I'm in here. and Unfortunately, I... I have no say in that. I mean, I I didn't build any of this stuff, or the, and I didn't I didn't build the 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 the, 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 the teleportation wards. I, that, those weren't me. Uh, much better people than I deal with that stuff. I I I just I just I just I just equip you guys. And to that end, I don't know if I made this clear, but I am when I said that I'm your quartermaster. Or when Shira said that I'm your quartermaster, he means I'm your quartermaster, specific to your group. So I will be learning as much as I can about you all and your specific needs uh, so that I can best uh, outfit you for what you are all going to be doing. And with that, she puts down the, the giant fire's gives Shiro's arm a little bit of a tug and the entire arm from the shoulder down just kind of off. Uh. Alright, well, that's... Hmm, she kind of looks at it from the uh, inside where it kind of attaches. Like, okay, so the port is slightly fried and uh, motivator's kind of off, but... Uh, I'm going to have to check the other end of that uh, on the shoulder, uh, make sure that the gem is intact, 
Um, and I would hand this usually to Carrera, but Carrera is off with Triss. Speaking of. Triss. Yeah. So you and Carrera, mm-hmm. uh, short stack Carrera, and four gnomes are walking through the corridors of the Circle HQ. You have gone through at least three other doors. And each door has teleported you to a different area or a different room until you finally arrive in what is what you can only assume is the collective cafeteria for the organization. And it's kind of massive. It's for all intents and pa- all intents and purposes the size of a banquet hall. And there are of course the you know the areas where the cooks would then serve out uh, food, kind of a kind of a buffet style situation. Uh, there's also kind of a Mongolian style situation, uh, as elves tend to like to cook for themselves. Or at least a lot of the elves like to cook for themselves. Um, and then there's also kind of a salad area, and then there's a juice bar and some other things. So you head down to the, uh, you enter into that room, hall thing, uh, and Carrera's kind of skipping along beside you. This is one of Carrera's favorite places! There's lots of food. All the food! Oh. During the day, Carrera gets to eat all he wants! But Carrera can't eat very much, because uh, all the food is usually bigger than Carrera. Um, if Carrera eats too much, it hurts. It's Carrera. Yeah! Uh... Do you know what the word deputy means? Um, no. Means you're in charge. Yes. Means you're the boss, and no one can tell you what to do. Roll persuasion on that. A roll bluff on that, rather. Is that the same as deception? Yes. Yes, it is. Eighteen. Wow. Okay. Hold that against. Yeah, he believes the shit out of you. Yeah, he does. Like, huh. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, 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 I the boss, but kind of boss. Of everything. Everything? That means you could do whatever you want in here. Huh. You want to go exploring off. with me? best friends. That's what best friends do. Well, Trevor would, but doesn't have access to everything. How about the stuff we do have access to? Let's go explore what we can get into. Okay, that sounds fun. Yeah. But Trevor thought you wanted a drink. I just said that, so that we could go exploring like best friends do. That's right, you're a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Your charisma is ridiculous. So Carreras is like, 
Press sits and thinks there for a second. Hmm. And Kurel kind of walks off, goes to the juice bar, gets himself a juice box. Straw in, walks back, and he's... <laughs> So, the the gnomes are kind of like, uh, 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 this is this is this all right? I don't I don't know what's what's happening here, but uh, Carrera knows the place. He's got it under control. He'll be fine. Carrera is fine. It's fine. Okay. Carrera's got this. Carrera's the boss. So you guys go. Uh, you guys are do whatever you gotta do. Okay. Bye. And he grabs. Your hand, Triss. Come on, come on. Can we show you like something really cool? Let's go. And so, as you guys walk to the door, Trey goes, "Hey, hey, 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 hey. goes to the door, and he touches a couple of places on the door. The side, the left side. Um, Bannister, the right side corner floor, and a, sp- a space where, if this were a normal door, where the latch to the uh, the doorknob would go. And you see these rooms all across the archway of the door kind of light up and flash for a moment. He goes, okay, Kamara's ready to go, ready? Can you hold on to Kamara's hair? This, this, this is going to be funny. And so he pulls you along with him through the doorway. And the vision goes blurry. There's the vibration, all of that stuff again. When your vision... Uh, rematerializes. You find yourself in kind of a large, it's kind of an aclo. Not an aclo. I'm sorry. Um, it, yes, it's a something. Thank you. Anne. It's a uh, a large kind of. It almost looks like a tunnel, uh, but it's well, it is kind of a tunnel. But there are some strange kind of equipment. Kind of along the walls, and the floor is—it's uh, not carpet. It's more of a kind of weird foamy thing. And Carrera goes, "Hey, Francis, what's this?" And Carrera just takes off running and starts cartwheeling and flipping around, and he runs up the side of the wall. And sits there at the top, standing upside down. <laughs> this is cool, isn't it? He starts waving his arms. I'm up here, Tris friend. Up here. It's me. It's me. I go with him and try to climb the wall. Make an acrobatics check. Mm-hmm. 
with a plus one, so 19. So, you run up the wall. And you get to the top of the wall. Just about where he is. But gravity takes hold. And you fall. Make a dexterity check, please. Sorry, say again? 15. 15, okay. So you manage to twist yourself just enough to where you fall on your feet and you roll out of the fall and you spring yourself back up. And now you're springing yourself back up. You notice that when you fell and it hit the ground, it was very springy, very bouncy. And also... Slightly damp. So it was very squelchy. Mm. And so you get back up and Craig goes, ah, ah, Yeah, uh, this room is kind of weird. And it's not really set up for the room. Uh, I think Pixis says you have to be attuned to the room in order to be able to use it like with us. Fair enough. What is this stuff on the floor? Oh, it's a special training floor. So, a lot of the agents come in here and they practice the magic and sometimes they practice the fighting too. And so the floor is made of kind of a soft, earthy thing. Uh, I think Desi called it uh, grass. No, it's like arcane something. Desi knows what it is. She can ask her. She's, it's some kind of weird druid thing. Uh, but it absorbs energy. So if you fall down, it doesn't hurt. Like this. Where uh, literally jumps, or what passes for jumping down <laughs> off of the thing, literally falls on his head on the, fi- on the, the, the foamy substance. And Rather than, as a normal person would, would it be like a normal floor crumple, he just kind of goes rigid and just bounces, boing, and lands on his feet. Carl thinks he can do it, but not like this because Carl's head is so big. Carl's head weighs a lot. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's a fun time. This is my favorite, this is Carl's favorite place. Career gets to practice his sneak attacks. Oh. Oh. Yeah. still thinks that he is doing it wrong. And if he, if he just, yeah, take a turn! Like you did earlier. He, he just he surprised him so much. They go, Wah! And then they're surprised and not seeing you, what you're actually doing. Yeah. Do people use this term a lot? Yeah. So if we hid to do a sneak attack, we might catch somebody? Well, it's me. Most everyone has gone home for the night. It's been up for a long time. Okay, we can come back and sneak attack later. How about you show me something else? Roll persuasion. (laughs) Ten. 
Ferris sits there a moment. Hello. Can I just have one other time? So, Carrera takes you to back to that door that you just came from. Uh, he touches a couple of different places on the, uh, on the door frame. Kind of an upper right hand or upper left hand corner, upper right hand corner. And then he makes a line across the floor with his foot in front of the doorway. And then takes your hand and goes, Tamara, this is going to be great! And he steps through it with you. You get the fuzzies, the blurs, and things appear again. And you find yourself in this odd sort of... You can't tell if it's a temple or if it's a chapel. But it's definitely a room of kind of a meditative presence. And there are not chairs or pews, but there are lots of pillows along the ground. You were close three. Good job. Uh, and in the very... At the very end of this room, or rather, before we get to the end of the room, the walls are all glass. But they're stained glass. You can't really see what's on the other side of the walls. And they're all various colors. They're depictive of events within what appears to be the timeline of Eberron. You see... The three dragons. You see the creation of the dragon above, Eberron, and the dragon below as the, 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 the material planes. On the other side of the wall, there is a glass mural of the extraplanar extra areas of kind of your, what you know as the universe. And then, as you stare straight down to the other end of the room, you see this large symbol kind of emblazoned on the, uh, on the back wall. There's a bunch of candles in front of it and a bunch of uh, kind of texts in front of it as well, but you cannot take your eyes from the symbol. And the symbol kind of looks like a crook. But the curve of that crook then transforms into an eye. And at the... Just underneath the eye, you see a figure... Clad in armor, kneeling, kind of deep brown skin, hair 
in a series of long braids that she has tied in a ponytail at the back. You can't really tell if she's kneeling in prayer or in meditation. What would you like to do? I'd like to go up and explore closer. Okay. So you walk forward. Um, are you just walking? Are you being... Are you trying to sneak? Or are you... Just walking normally. Okay. I haven't heard that there's anything else in this room. Okay. So, Carrera's walking with you. This is Carrera. Carrera's lots of people in the meditation. It's pretty awesome. But quiet. Sometimes people chant. Sometimes people weep. And then you hear a voice coming from the front. And sometimes, people are little goblins that should be in bed that walk in here when they shouldn't. And Carrera kind of stops frozen. So the figure kind of gets to her feet and you see that she is on her back there's this large shield and on the shield also is that symbol, that eye and uh, the eye is blue on your shield as opposed to the red eye on the wall. And there's also kind of a long sword on her back on the in between the shield and her back. And as you see this person stand, as you hear this person's voice, you recognize it. She turns around you see her face. And she puts her hands at her hips and goes, Child, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you should be with your captain. I was curious. And your curiosity led you to the Temple of Ayun. I didn't take the place. The little troll did. Carrera looks at you confused. There's a goblin. Oh, sorry, I got confused again. <laughs> friends don't get confused about friends. I mean, friendships. <laughs> sometimes they do. I've seen friends get confused about friends. Usually, they have to have, have a couple of drinks first. <laughs> I don't think you've had anything to drink. Since Carrera's seen you. Yeah, you owe me milk, remember? Because we're friends. Carrera asked you about the milk. We're going to get it later. You said that's what you said? Yeah, later. But then you just said... Carrera's confused again. <laughs> and so you... Person known to me. What are you doing here? Well... 
she says. She wipes her hands. I just got finished with an assignment. Thought I might come and check up on you. See how you were doing. But first I thought I'd get a little bit of prayer in. Check in with my patron. Make sure that everything's alright with the baby girl. So. She looks down at Carrera. How did you two meet? Um, well, uh, uh, we um, uh, I'm, uh, they came in to the workshop because Q, Q got injured, uh, his arm got messed up, and so fixes, fix him down. Sila looks at Carrera, and her eye is narrow, and her brow kind of wrinkles. Q's hurt. And Carrera shakes it. It's just now. Uh, he did something, trying to remove some magic or something, and he made a rebound by playing ball or something, and now his arm is all messed up. Or Big Sis says it's all fucked up. I'm sorry. Chris, you don't say words like that in the temple, right? You told Chris about that. See the nods. Remember, I said you're the deputy, you're in charge. Still? Celia? Sila. Sila? If you're that worried about me, why don't you take me on yourself? Sila looks over at you. And she says, well, Tris, darling, you know full well that I'm not a member of the circle anymore. But, I figured this would be a good fit for you. You're stuck me with a guy that doesn't take care of his own daughter. Sila makes a huge sigh, looks at you and goes, so you've heard about Aya. How much do you know? Enough. Clearly not, or else those words wouldn't have left your mouth, child. Remember, one of the things that Ayun believes in mostly is knowledge and information. Only once you have all of the information can you make a sound judgment. Yeah, well, no one really talks around here, so how is that supposed to happen? Perhaps it's that you're not asking the right questions, my Oh, dear. I'm asking all the questions. Well, maybe if you would ask them nicely, instead of asking them in the way that I know you tend to, my dear, you might get another answer. you think about that? Noted. Carrera. What was Q's daughter's name? Aya. A-Y-A. Thanks, Sila. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. She smiled. It was nice. Sila <coughs> shakes her head and <laughs> Kind of chuckles to herself. <sighs> Eventually, you are going to learn, dear, dear, dear sweet girl, that you don't have to put your armor on for everyone. I understand and know that terrible things have befallen you. And that's fine. No, 
I misspeak, that's not fine. However, fighting back at the world will not get you far. Wow. I put you here so that I'd hope that you would learn that. I would teach you, but I have obligations to my order. Yeah, everybody has obligations. Even the people that are supposed to take care of you. And now so do you. I don't know about that. I haven't agreed to much. <laughs> you have a badge. You swore an oath. I would call that agreeing. I mean, kind of. Oaths can be broken. Ask you about his arm. <sighs> Did he tell you that whole story too, then? I guess. I don't know if I asked the right question. Then if you don't know that you asked the right questions, how can you know if you've heard the whole story? I know one of your agents turned and injured him. One of our agents turned and nearly killed him. It was not a fun moment for any of us. What if it happens again? I cannot say will or won't happen again. All I can say is that I hope you're prepared. And I hope that you can prepare yourself for such a time. You know this is risky. I know full well it is. Okay. Being an agent is nothing but risky, particularly an agent of the circle. As Q and as the chief have pointed out, your team, individually, you included, have a tendency to fall into some crazy predicaments. Yeah, I already was in one. I've heard. Well, it's been great catching up, but my best friend here owes me a milk, so we gotta go. She nods. She, her look, her, her facial expression, you would think, given the conversation, would think was one of, would, would be one of frustration and uh, kind of, not really defeat, kind of more exasperation. But instead, the expression she gives you is, kind, warm, and motherly. Grudgingly, I hug her before we leave. She pulls you into the embrace. I know that I'm doing this because I care for you. I know that you're not my daughter by blood. But I still see you as my own whether you like it or not. She kisses you on the forehead. She then reaches into a pouch on her, uh, on her belt and hands you what looks like a small stone. But the stone has... It's like the stone's been painted. And not well painted like a, you know, 
stone that you see at like the MoMA or anything like that. It looks like it's been painted by like a six-year-old. <laughs> and she takes your hand, puts the stone into it, and says, you keep this with you. I have a feeling that some, some, at some point you may need it. When you do, I'll be there. I leave you and young Mr. Carrera here to your adventuring for milk. Do take care, sweetheart. Try to... Try to understand. She lets go of her hand. She reaches down to the ground next to her and picks up what looks like a great long spear with a moon uh, kind of a moon blade the halberd picks it up hefts it on her shoulder I'm off to Undyre for I'm not sure how long but who knows we may come across each other on the road again till then dear sweet Tristan Please take care. Do work. I do okay. I know you do. You do okay for me, please. Or at least try. She walks by Carrera, takes a hand and ruffles at the dragon hoodie. And you, young Seth, you be a good boy now, you hear me? Yes, yes Miss Sierra. She kind of, Frere kind of blushes a little bit. <laughs> Tell your sister that I'm still waiting for my shield. Okay? I know she's still working on it, but right now she's got you. And he, I think she's getting his arm replaced or something. Um, hey, if you go back to Undyre. Will you tell Aya I said hi? Of course, sweetheart. I will. She walks out of the. She disappears through the door. Doorway. What would you like to do next? Get the milk and go back to the group. Okay. So, you take Carrera's hand, you wander through the door. While you're getting milk, we go back to the larger group. Now, you are in the while this is all happening. Carrera, the tall uh, Miss Carrera, is in the process of looking through her goggles at the bit of the mechanical arm that's still attached to Q. At the shoulder. She's okay. Well, this this end looks fine. It looks like the energy from the orb protected you from that much. So should be a pretty clean, pretty uh, pretty safe reattachment here. Um, I might have something to help with what you mentioned earlier about the the spell dampening. Um, give me a moment here. She goes and rushes through 
here. And she takes the newer arm, kind of shiny, looks like it's polished admantine, some copper findings here and there. There are etchings on the arm. A lot of it in Dwarvish, uh, a good deal of it in Elvish. Uh, those of you who can read Elvish, which I'll think is the majority of you, mm-hmm. uh, can see that they are spells that are woven into the arm. This one is fresh. Uh, just like the spells in this one. Um, need to... Once you put this on, I would advise against going straight into battle with this. You're going to need to attune yourself to this. It's going to take you maybe an hour or two. Uh, so just get some rest and let it do what it needs to do, please. Don't don't break this one. Cues, kind of. All right. Yeah. Okay. I, I I will do my best. I can't promise you anything, but I can promise you. That I will try. Balance, that's all I ask. So she takes the arm, and as she's getting ready to reattach or attach this new arm to Q, she takes a look at the hand on that arm and goes, Hang on. She takes a small tool out of her pouch and it looks almost like a it's a glove but it only covers like the first half of her hand just her fingers and each finger has this weird kind of claw mechanism on it right so she takes that hand by the wrist and there's a bit of a jerking motion and a click and the hand comes away at the wrist Sets that down, reaches into a drawer, and pulls out another hand. Looks almost identical to the one she just pulled out of the socket. Except on that hand, she turns it around just enough so that you can see there's an orb in the palm. It's it's kind of inlaid in it, so it doesn't stick out too much. She looks at it a bit. Test the articulation, make sure that the fingers can all bend and that she can make a fist with it. And, okay, that's fine. Yes, all right. And looks at the orb pretty closely. Okay, spells are woven. And, okay, this one, this, I think this one should do the trick. So she uses the same motion, kind of locking the arm or the hand into the arm at the wrist. Takes the arm. And with a shove, shoves the arm into the socket at the shoulder and twists. And you see Q's kind of strain a bit. And the orb in the shoulder flashes bright white. And that light starts to travel through the arm and down into the elbow, and like everywhere where there is any kind of crease or rivet 
or divot within the arm begins to glow. Anywhere that that arm or hand can articulate glows white. Shiro kind of strains against it. Like, oh, God, I hate this part. God damn it. And with the flesh arm, he's holding on to the chair and you see his hands just kind of clench and start to break the wood on the chair handle. Carrera reaches down, smacks the hand. It's my favorite chair, goddammit. Don't you dare. <laughs> I need up oh, fine. So he clenches his, clenches his fist in the air. And a moment passes. The light starts to die. And breathing, the sweat, you know, beads sweat on his forehead. He's <sighs> God, I hate that part. Nerves resetting themselves into this thing, and he starts to slowly move the fingers, and then the wrist, and then the elbow, and then slowly he's moving each bit of the arm, just kind of, okay, feels the same, and he takes notice of the orb in the palm. He looks at Carrera. What's the orb for? And she kind of gives a sardonic shrug. You can read Elvish. Read your damn self. <laughs> so he looks closely. Like, it's a warding spell. It's a, it's a shield charm. And Craig goes, yeah, genius. This will should help you with the dampening issue that you were having with the last one. So hopefully, if you don't break my arm doing stupid shit, like attracting a rebound from a spell you know nothing about. One sec. Excellent. And so, Q, I begrudgingly, thank you, Carrera. Amazing, as always. Yeah. Carrera sits there, her arms folded. Yeah, no. Just trying to break my shit. I mean, right now it's your shit it's attached to you, but you know what I mean. Just don't do it. She turns to the rest of you. So, this is the kind of stuff I do for this guy. Uh, what kind of tools do you all usually use? What are, what 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 are what are your what are your accoutrements? I like using daggers and and I keep a mini crossbow for emergencies. Okay, but I'm also sensing a bit of actually hang on before I say that. <laughs> yep, she does sense it. I sense <laughs> a bit of magic from you. I mean, I'm I mean, here, so I dabble. You, yeah, you, you'd have, you would have to. Uh, yes. What, 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 what is your? Are you? Uh, is it in your blood? Did you learn it? Like, how did that work? I didn't, didn't know anything about it. It wasn't, it wasn't a thing. I, like, my family doesn't really do it. I don't really do it. It's not really a thing. Okay, maybe every now and then, I, you know. And she kind of looks I, I, looks at you, kind of, kind of looks you over. 
I noticed that when you walked in, she points at the book that hangs at your side. Is that a spell book? It's just some light reading. Okay. But it looks like a spell book to me. Are you just lightly reading a spell book? Just lightly reading a spell book. I, I, I find it fascinating. Interesting. She rushes over to her cabinet, grabs a bit of parchment and a pen, writes down, okay, uh, roguish, uh, has a spell book, so probably wizard type. Okay, uses daggers. Gotcha. Excellent. All right. Takes a small needle, pins it to a cork. Right. What, did you, what did you write on that? Oh, nothing of consequence. <laughs> Does that say? Stuff. Stuff. It's all a goblin, so you can't read it anyway. Stuff and things. Stuff and things. Perhaps. Yes. Stuff and things and stuff. Thank you, Lucius. Thank you. That, that's exactly uh... what that is. And what about you, sir? Lucius, do you, do you use any tools? Any staffs or wands or anything fancy? Uh, well, I wouldn't say no to anything. Um, <clears throat> Do you have a preference? I, in the past, have gotten by on my own uh, innate abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always good to have a focus, though. Very true, very true. Uh, I would suggest that may be one of the things that we need to figure out. Excellent. Lucius flag, sorcerer type... Does not know yet. We will figure that out. Well, uh, one other uh, potentially important thing. Sure. Uh, I, I uh, have been touched. Uh, You've been to... touched? <laughs> Who touched you? Dopes. Where? The elderly are just interminable with this. And Carrera, Carrera is listening to this and is... And can't help herself. She reaches into a drawer, pulls out a small doll. Can you tell me on the doll where you've been touched? You <laughs> just I'm laughing. Q <laughs> bursts into laughter. Oh my god! That is okay. I was not ready for that. All right. Okay. Was not ready. These old guys are pretty all right. Uh, yes, they're just just an endless delight. And uh, as she puts the, the doll back, I'm, I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. It was The door is open. I, I just walked through it. No, 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 no. Uh, she picks up the parchment and the pen. No, I'm listening. I'm no, only... No offense taken. Uh, touched a bit by the divine. Oh. Uh, which, again, is... is In a good way, I'm not... hoping. Yes, yes. I certainly like to think so. Okay. Divine. So, is, is your magic been fueled by the divine? Is that what you're saying? Yes, but it ends up being sort of, um, well, a bit of both. Okay. Okay. Excellent. She takes that note and takes a pen and puts that on the cork board as well. Excellent. So, this is so, oh, getting so much good information. Okay. Uh, Ash, sir, uh, Person wearing skins and things. What 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 about you? Do you use anything? Uh, do you use the skins? Do you do you use eyes? Do you collect animal eyes and you use those? Please tell me you don't. 
Thank you. <laughs> I was going to worry. Um, you know, there's lots of uh, branches that I've used as clubs uh, in the forest, but maybe a mace would uh, suit me well. Mace. And I'm assuming you use some kind of magic as well. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I can check if mace or wind are at my level as some kind of focus. You seem like the type that might utilize a staff of some kind. Maybe a big one? Sure. Okay. Big honking staff or scary skins wearing elf guy. God! Puts that on a pen on the cork board. It's all so good. Okay. Mr. Lot. You old, old, old man you. Um, can I get you a cane? Uh, I prefer a a light staff. I grab something that doesn't hurt the elbow when I lift it. Light staff. Probably made with some kind of oak. Does not hurt elbow. Perhaps some cream to go with the staff. Place on elbow to alleviate pain. Probably send him to Desi for that. Um, is that all you use? Uh, staff? Also use... I mean, you've, sh- got, you've got armor on? Yes, chain mail. Yes, so and... it looks like you might need a sword of some kind? Perhaps? Uh, or at least a spear? Something pointy? I'm fine with staff for now. No, nothing pointy? Are you sure? Seems a waste of armor. Yes, but I've given up the sword. Given up sword. Some kind of weird noble kick. Okay, um, what if I do... I might, I might be able to make something cool for your armor. How about that? Something cool for armor. Excellent. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking no for an answer on that. Puts that on the wall as well. At that moment, Carrera and Tristiana, the shortstop Carrera and Tristiana, waltz back in. Yeah, we did. Carrera's got now a juice box in each hand and has both of the straws in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is fine. They're about to look at me. Kind of runs off and sits on the stool next to Q. Q kind of looks at Triss and can uh, Triss, are you uh, do you do you have milk? I had some. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, uh, and, and 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 you're you you look a bit frazzled there. Is everything all right? Did you find your way? I'm fine. I'm fine. Carrera looks up at Q. Celestia's house! Damn it. Carrera looks down at Carrera. Or Q looks down at Carrera. Then over at Triss. Okay. Wasn't a big deal. Where, where was she? I mean, um... Way to the cafeteria? She was in the temple of Iron. Carrera looks over. Carrera has said it before. Carrera's a goblin. Goblin. Trolls are giant and ugly. 
Where is Pretty? Where is Pretty? Pretty's goblin you'll ever see. Except for my sister. But she's half goblin, so I don't think that counts. It counts, Carrera. Yes! Also the cutest goblin. Cutest goblin. And he gives you like this big, like, I'm an open mouth grin. Okay, and, you know, Q's just kind of, all right. And he's still kind of adjusting to the new arm. Like, so, Celia was here. Did she say anything of import? Is she going to be here for a while? What's, what's happening with that? I don't know. I'm not her mom. She just told me to take care of myself. Well... Given that she is, for all intents and purposes, your guardian, I would have expected her to have said more to you. I mean, if she did, it's not really your business, is it? As she's the one that entrusted you to me, yes, it kind oh, of is. so I can't just have stuff that I don't tell everybody? Like, what, this is a warm sharing circle? <sighs> Q just... Shakes his head. You know, fine. I have your secrets. That's fine. Yeah, we know you have yours. Q gives you a look. All right. I'm assuming that you've heard things. That she may have shared some things and I'm not privy to her having shared with you. Is there something you want to talk about? Nope. Not right now. All right. Well, then. <sighs> Her sitting there with his juice boxes. This got awkward real quick. Celia uh, said that she would say hi to Aya for Herrera. Her was very excited. Do you ever stop talking? No! Clearly not. <laughs> My sister says it's a problem sometimes. Yeah, it's a problem right now. Shut up. Older Carrera kind of looks at you and goes, give him a break. He's only 10. He's... Yeah. Well, I'm only 14, and I know when to shut up. I'm pretty sure you're not 14. Uh, I'm making that up. <laughs> I'm whatever age I need to be right now at 14. Hugh just gives you a look and an eyebrow raise. It's like, that pretty much says, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. I give the look back. So, I raise she the told, eyebrow. so she told you about Aya. How much did she tell you? Because she don't take care of her. She's away oh. training somewhere. How many dads do you know? Enough. They're all like you. Not present. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Rolling. So, Q, get, Q gets up, puts his vest back on. So, you know what? We're doing this? Fine. 
You want to know what's happening with my daughter? Why she's not here? I'll tell you. When she was 10, her powers manifested. Didn't come from her mother. Obviously had to come from me. But she got a little something extra. A little something that we know nothing about. I have a friend in Undair. He's an archmage. He knows more about this shit than I do. I sent her to him. He is helping her. That is all. So you can't help her yourself? I do not have the knowledge that he has. You should just be there then. I cannot be there when I am needed here. He understands that and so does Aya. Mm -hmm. And that will be all in regards to that. I uh, also use a shield from time to time. <laughs> uh, if you could possibly... What does that even mean? He's, just, kind he's of just catching up. He's uh, catching up. Q cocks his head. Yeah, um, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about now. Oh, for the, my arsenal. I, my, my daughter doesn't use a shield. Oh, I was... My daughter uses magic. Talking about my... I thought we were... Oh. Yeah. Um, so you're sorry. not able to train somebody that uses magic? Awkward. But some of us use magic. Alright, so that you have... Q's just kind of like... Alright. I guess we're still doing this. We are, as you know, there are different types of magic. I did not learn all of my magic. A good deal of this is in my blood. I'm not just the delightful sword mage you see before you. I am also a sorcerer. And I know that you of all people know what that means. Yeah. So... I did not receive the same kind of training that my friend in Andair did, who is full wizard. To that end, my daughter, while she inherited magic from me, she did not inherit my particular brand of magic, meaning she is not a sorcerer born, she is a wizard born, which means she actually has to study to harness her craft, while I do not. So no. I am not able to help her in the way that I was helped. And if you can't help me, are you going to send me away? Where? Uh, Q is just confused and like flabbergasted at this point. Why would I do that? Sure, you're irritating as hell. But you're one of my agents. So no, I am not sending you anywhere. And he, he leans in and looks at you, and there's this like almost mad kind of mischievous look in his eye. For better or worse, Tristiana, you're stuck with me. And I'm stuck with you. We'll see. Yes, we will. And judging by whatever that is in your pocket, I'm sure we will. So this is a friendship, warm, sharing circle. I can't have a secret. 
And at that point, Jazz kind of stumbles in, holding his stomach. Very, very... As green as one could get for someone of his complexion in the face, having just spent the last hour and some change rushing into the toilet downstairs. Oh! Welcome back! Steady, steady! You have been gone quite some time, sir. How, How long was I... How long was I in the toilet? You were calling for your Uncle Earl for quite some time, my friend. Oh! Uncle Earl, oh, he, he used to he used to rub my belly. Oh, I, I I know you don't have an uncle named Earl. I, I, it's it's fine. Oh, the, oh, I oh, you must be, oh, forgive me. I am I am delirious. You're out of it. It's it's okay. Take a seat. There oh. is some food, some soup, some meat. Oh no no no. Oh, or not, or not. Oh, I think I will be I'll be good with what with water. So. Ooh. When you say that, this little goblin, about two and a half feet tall, walks up to you. The goblin is wearing a red onesie with a, uh, it's a dragon onesie. <laughs> so the hood is dragon head. And he go and he's holding a cup of water. Can I read this for you? Oh, and who might you be? Hi, I'm Carrera, and this is my sister Carrera. And you look at where he points, and there's a much taller green-skinned woman with goblin ears. She's about 5'8", and wearing a mechanist smock and some dragon-scale gloves. Hi, I'm Carrera. I'm your quartermaster. This is my little brother, Carrera. Oh, you just call him Short Stack. It might make it easier. Well, th- well, thank you, Carrera, and thank you, Shortstack. I'm I've been mu- I'm much need of this. I've been I've been dry heaving for quite some time. It would be nice to have something to actually put out. Carrera hopes you don't puke on Big Sister's floor. That would be gross. Oh, me too. Me too, Shortstack. And Carrera would have to clean that up. This Carrera, not that one. <laughs> I mean, she probably tried to help, but this Carrera would have to clean. You know what I mean? I clean. <laughs> and he kind of shuffles off with his juice boxes and sits back down on the stool. You missed all the awkwardness. It's been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, I'm, you seem to be feeling a lot better. Oh, yes. So uh, we will let me fill you in on what's happened. Oh, yes. It, it, it looks like it's been good fun. It's been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh... So, the woman, the, the Jane Doe, is uh, an unfortunate victim of a, uh, an infestation of what we call corpse crawlers. They are Ooh. fiendish-made aberrations that I and several others have faced before. Uh, they are... The woman was the host, uh, and by host I mean she was killed, her chest cut open, her heart removed, and the eggs implanted. Oh. The eggs then hatch after a gestation period, and then 
eat the organs of the corpse, sometimes eating the remainder of the corpse itself. Um, once we go back to the laboratory, uh, Desi, who is the coroner and uh, arcanist, will explain a bit of that in greater detail to you. But um, yes, we are going to figure out if where they've come from and if they are in fact a thing that I may have dealt with before in my past. And if they are, it is going to be something that we need to prepare for. Which is also why we are here in the workshop uh, visiting the Carreras uh, as she is as I spoke before, the quartermaster. She will be creating gear specifically to this group. Oh, this I like. So, yes, when you left our office, which you only barely got to see before you began to get the tummy upsets because of the teleportation. And I apologize oh, for that. It's... Not everybody takes well to teleportation. It's weird. Uh, I had my own issues with it when I first arrived here as well, so don't feel bad. I have never teleported before. I did not know it would have this effect on me. It has that effect on many. Uh, but you say that these these creatures were a fiendish make? Yes, they're aberrations that were created with fiend blood. Mm. So, demonic in origin, but also constructs, living constructs of a sort. Oh, I had the feeling. I am not one to bioengineer, but I can still appreciate its uh, its finesse. Well, something, very else, something else to appreciate. Evidently, we got lucky that they were only pony-sized rather than bear-sized. Yes, if they eat the entire corpse, they can be bear-shaped. Or not bear-shaped, but bear-sized. Oh! Gods! Hmm, I guess we got lucky. Yes. And in Very. case we don't remember, we almost got our asses kicked. Yes, but uh, getting your ass kicked can be uh, good fun, right? Uh, not if you die. <laughs> this is true. Well, Jasper, I'm glad to have you back. Um, as you can see, my arm is now repaired or replaced, I should say. Uh, it's good as new and the taller Carrera kind of gives him this kind of look it's like yes please do well to remember that Magitek arm is not invulnerable a, a, a what? Magitek Magitek? yes mm. which is quite different from a warforged arm in that a Magitek arm does not require well it does and it doesn't. Usually a Magitek arm does not require, or a part, does not require a living essence in order to function. For these, this purpose, this one kind of did. And she takes a look at the orb that is implanted or in a, embedded in the shoulder of the arm. Kind of a white glowing orb. Your your nose is kind of pulsing like a heartbeat. This one required uh, a sacrifice. A sacrifice? But not, it was a willing sacrifice. 
It chose its fate. Huge kind of... Oh, God. Oh, my God. I have to tell this story, too. Okay. So, to catch you up to speed. A while back, we had an incident with a traitor to the circle that I discovered. In the ensuing battle, said asshole took my arm. My daughter, who is away, but is a genius and slightly a bit of a prodigy, designed this arm for me. The trouble with this arm was that it needed a soul to power it. Hmm. Before all of this happened, I had myself a familiar. It was a spirit fox. A two-tail. He'd been with my family for quite some time and had protected me all my life. Upon learning of this, it gave itself willingly and is now the orb you see in my Jazz takes off his hat and holds it to his chest. Oh, but yes, you got a beautiful arm. Yes. I do enjoy it. And he is still with you, yes? And you're in that orb. So it's like he's never left. He is a part of you. In more ways than one, yes. We're correct in that. Hughes kind of smiles to himself. And, yeah. And uh, Tall Carrera is... Like, yes, it's a very beautiful arm. Oh, you wouldn't fuck them up so much. Please, if you have the new one, and the spells are laid in them, please do your best to not. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. She looks at you, finally, like, I didn't get your name. Are you affiliated with these guys? Are you a part of this group? Me? Yes, you. Yes, I am, my name is Jazz. Oh, J- Jasper. But you may call me Jazz. Yes, I am... I am a member, I am a new inductee into the, the circle of mages, and this is my, my team. I was, uh, oh, that, that teleporter, it did a number on me. Yes, I've, I've heard, uh, it's, I'm, I'm well aware of the, the fun times that can be had with first-time teleportation. And, and who knew both ends, hmm? Oh, that was more information than I am, I'm sure any of us needed. And far more chipperly delivered than I would have expected. Well, I think he's only got one tone. <laughs> Chipper. All the time. Because my, my mother said these. Yes. yes, I'm sure there's not a power in the verse that could stop Jazz from being Chipper. <laughs> so, now that that's done, Carrera stops him. Wait, wait, I'm, I'm not finished with this one yet. Pointing at Jazz. So, as your quartermaster, I will be creating accoutrement for each and every one of you. What do you do exactly? Do you have a weapon? Do you have... Are you a wizard? What exact? What, what, what is your speciality? I am a newly made artificer. I have not had oh. the opportunity to make any... In the items, I have not come across any interesting... So you're like me? You are an artificer, too? Well, 
And she points at like, all <laughs> the things that are on the wall and in the shop that you went through to get here. Clearly. <laughs> yes. And you are asking me, I... what do I want? Yes. Oh! Q looks at you, looks at her, and leans towards you. See, what you need to understand is that Carrera here is also a prodigy in her field, which is why I chose her to be our quartermaster. She can make just about anything. But, and Q puts a hand on, or not Q, Prayer puts a hand on Q's shoulder. That, 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 this is my line. This is, this is my line. You said your line. This is my line. I'm going to say this line now. Okay? Okay. I can make anything. But, I don't always have the materials. So, and this is why Circle is paying you so much. You get to bring me materials. I get to make you things. Oh. And that is how that exchange will work. Oh. And occasionally gold. I work for gold, too. But mostly for materials. This is... And then little Carrera goes, She's really good. I help her sometimes. Carrera helps, too. And we make things. And sometimes they go boom. But not all the time. It's usually um, maybe 5% of the time they go boom. But <laughs> in good ways, because they need to go boom. Jazz Carrera. Uh, Jazz reaches down and he tries to pick up little Carrera. Does he get him? What? Hi. How old are you? How old are you? Travis, ten. You are ten years old. What? Uh, what ethnicity are you? I cannot tell. Are you just a very small orc, or are you a? Carrera's uh, a goblin. You're a goblin. Carrera's finding himself having to remind people of that a lot today. Well, little friend. And he gives him a little kid, a little kid toss. Thank you for all your help in assisting your sister. Carrera usually tosses himself. He doesn't usually get tossed by people. Carrera's going to sit down and finish reading juice boxes now. <laughs> and so Q gets up. He puts his robes back on over the, the vest and everything. He buttons the vest. All right, so now that we've got all of that out of the way, let's say we go back to the laboratory and see what more we can get from this Jane Doe. Ooh. So, he shakes Carrera's hand, pats her on the, the shoulder. Thank you very much. I will promise that I will try not to destroy this one. Okay, I promise that that will not happen, but I will promise I will try. <laughs> Carrera just kind of shakes her head. I, I guess, I guess that's all I'm gonna get. I will, I will live with that. You won't need anything. Come and find me. Let me know. I'll do what I can. And so you all follow Q back down the stairs through the ye old magic shop portion of the workshop and out of the dungeon door to. The right of that, you walk down the hall and to the, which Jasper, you would have seen uh, on your way back uh, to find these guys. 
uh, of a large glass laboratory. Hmm. You all go through those doors and just standing there, kind of just kind of finishing the preparations around the body of the Jane Doe is a tall half-orc woman. Gorgeous half-orc woman. Q walks in. Desi, dear, have you have you finished? She looks up, kind of adjusts her glasses a little. Ah, yes, sweetie. I just I'm just finishing up with the preparations here. Everything's just about set. Um, okay, so this is going to be a little bit awkward for some of you. I don't know if you've seen this used before. I'm going to cast a spell that I've not used in a while. I don't specifically like to use it, uh, but it is called Speak to the Dead. I knew it. So it's going to be a bit of a thing. So Q kind of sees Udis's reaction. Yeah. Yep. like, you're familiar with this, I take it. <laughs> uh, Idris readies his weapon. And I know it's just talking to the dead, but Idris isn't playing no games. Mm. Idris is really close to being the dead, so it's probably not going to Yeah, uh, Desi kind of looks at you and goes, hey, it's not that serious. It's just that the dead's not actually going to come back to life. I'm just going to reanimate it slightly. Not enough for it to like stand up and affect anything. She'll sit up, she'll answer some questions, she'll lay back down. Continue being dead. It's it's fine, old man. Yeah, easy peasy. Don't you talk to the dead often? Totally normal. So, from your perspective, uh, how much of a violation of God's will would you rate? <laughs> I'm saying like a solid ten. I'm I'm saying it's definitely above a six. Yeah. Desi kind of is taken aback by the question. She looks at Q. Looks at you again, Lucius, and it's like, well, I suppose that all depends on the God you serve. Um, I, personally, am a follower of Ayun. Uh, and given that, we are looking for information. Because that's perfectly in alignment with her, with her need there. And that's it's... Not going to do her any harm, uh, nor does this result in any sort of actual undeath. No, there, there will not be any undeath. She will not come back to haunt anyone or eat the flesh off of another being. Uh, I've heard that one before. Miss <laughs> um, um, Desi, may I ask you a question? Yes. What is the difference between a reanimated corpse, and something that is undead. Well, in the case of the spell that I'm going to use, it's a ritual spell, and yes, ritual spells can be used to create undead. Uh, In this case, I am not plucking the soul back from the ether and re-implanting it into this body. I am simply... Breathing a spark of life into it for a moment, 
it has no memory past what it did when it what it had when it died. It cannot gain any new knowledge. It will not have the use of its arms or legs so much that it will only be able to sit up for a time. We will ask it questions. It will answer the questions. And then it will go back to being dead. Oh. Well, it seems and that... And it will only be animated for a short period of time. So choose your questions wisely. So in essence, uh, and forgive me for drilling in on this. Sure. Uh, in essence, it's going to be a shade of what was rather than granting extended life. That's about as accurate as yes. Yes, oh, that is accurate. Thank you. Happy to answer your question. What displeases the... Uh, um, how do you say immortal ones? What displeases them about... Uh, is it the violation of the body, or is it the violation of the soul? It is the unnatural extension of life oh. through evil means. Well, it seems as if this is no extension of life. You will not be living. Yes. So we, they may be safe. Yes. As This was exactly my answer. As I've had training in the clerical arts, and as this is a clerical spell, it is within the realm of the divine that I am able to do this. Granted, if you want to get into the brass tacks of the technicalities, it is considered a necromantic spell. However, oh, it is necromantic. because of its use and its limits, it does not in fact reanimate the dead and send them off kicking and screaming again into the world of the living, so much as it is a gateway into knowledge that it had before its passing, and then it will be allowed to rest in peace again. Well, what do, what do, uh, how do you feel? Well, I'm not thrilled about the prospect, but needs must, I suppose. Yeah, a little gray, but uh, let's get to it. I'm all for it. It's getting Q. way too philosophical. Let's wake up the dead chick. Q. That Q. doesn't exist. Raise the dead. Q walks over and, you know, looks at the three of you. You'll come to find in this profession that we've chosen, there's going to be a lot of gray that you're going to have to deal with. Hmm. It's not always pleasant. There's not always an answer. Or at least not always one that satisfies. We do our best to bring peace and closure to what, who and what we can. That's all we can ask. And occasionally we'll kick some ass. But that's also that. <laughs> he looks over at Desi. Squeezes her arm. Sweetheart, are you, are you ready for this? She takes a long breath. You're going to owe me a hell of a dinner date. But yeah. She kneels before the corpse. And as you can, you can see that she's prepared an assortment of candles and incense uh, and kind of a chalked spell circle around the table that the corpse is sitting on. She, in turn, lights the candles first and as she lights the candles she began, she begins to chant in kind of an off uh, weird tongue. Um, do any of you speak celestial? 
So, yes. Yes. Both of you recognize the language, and as she's kind of more murmuring the words and speaking them aloud, you're getting just of placating Ayun, asking Ayun for help for information, asking Ayun to help bring peace to the situation. And as she, she finishes lighting the candles, she takes the last candle that she lit and begins lighting the four sticks of incense at north, south, east, and west. She does that. She places the candle down, allows the smoke to rise. She still continues to chant. She begins to call kind of a soft breeze into the air, which uh, Ash, you recognize as a more druidic trait. She's, she swirls her hands about as she chants, and she almost goes into, like, she's gone into a trance herself now. She's, she's, she's unaware of anything else. And you see the wind is carrying the smoke from the incense as it swirls around her and the corpse. And her chanting has become this eerie kind of sing-song chant. And she opens her eyes again, and her eyes are burning with white light. And she says the chant one last time. And on the last note of the chant, she pushes her hand forward towards the corpse. And the smoke from the incense swirls around one last time and funnels into the, into the corpse's nostrils. And you see the corpse shudder and take a long breath. It sits up eyes open. It looks around. You have pulled me from I'm not sure where I was. But I know that I am no longer here. We apologize for the intrusion, but we need to ask you a few things to try and prevent this from happening to anyone else. <laughs> Creepy. The, the corpse turns its head to you, Lucius. Cocks his head to the side. You have five questions. Ask them. Okay. So, how about we ask, where do you remember? What do you remember last? Why don't we ask who did it? Oh. <laughs> she might not have seen them. It may have been a sneak attack. I can do those. So can the troll. You hear... Goblin! goblin. You hear very faintly from down the hall... Sneak attack! <laughs> <laughs> I like this little one. Troll's a goblin! Let's ask her what's the last thing she remembers before she dies. Um, miss, what, what is the last thing you remember before this? I remember stepping out of a library. So what happened? Walking down the stairs. 
I was holding a book. Mm. What book? It was the Book of Shadows. Oh, that was actually heaven. Upon mentioning that name, you see Q's eyes just light up and widen. We'll need to go talk to that shopkeeper again later. What were you doing with the Book of Shadows? I was taking it home for a bit of light research. Hmm. My light research also includes books of shadows. Hmm. Researchful. One more ask. You want that to be the one? It's four. Yes. That's that would be four. Um. Why would you need the the Book of Shadows for for random research? What were you researching? I work for the Tower Arcanics in Undyere. Oh. They had lost track of the book. I found where it was and hoped to verify that it was, in fact, the book they were seeking. Oh, dead end. Oh, oh, we have one more. I have the perfect question. Okay. What should our team's name be? Don't, oh! <laughs> Don't answer that. That's not that. That's not the bad question. That guy is an idiot. <laughs> the head of the cookie. <laughs> I. Is a lost. They didn't like the name I had for the team, which I was. I cannot team. answer this question, as I do not. I am unable to answer this question, as I do. I am unable oh. to answer this question. Who Please else? Try again. That's a magic. Who? Who else? Idris is not allowed to answer any more. You used up all your questions. Grandpa, 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 go sit down. Go sit down. Go sit down. I'm not sitting down because he told me to. Here's a ball and a cup. Go, 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 go. The ball and the cup. Or perhaps, do you know anyone else that we want? Anyone else seeking that? Or ask her if she saw the filter. They took her precision organs out with a knife. My guess is it wasn't a sneak attack from Brian. But, well, but she also told us the, the last thing she remembers is walking out the uh, library. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. She remembers she was. Last thing she remembers is she was walking out the library. She was there at the library to reclaim the Book of Shadows for the Tower of Arcanists. Um, uh, and what? Uh, what was the third one? Um, what did we say? What did I say? What I think was I said she studying. Oh, yeah, what, what, what was she studying? And then, what should our name be? No, that one no. doesn't count. Okay. Can I answer that question? Yes. <laughs> um, then it was the wisely asked question of what was the book. Oh, yes. The Book of Shadows. So, finally, we choose either Did you see who, uh, did you, see who killed you? Or Does anybody do you else know? want the book? Does anyone else... Do you know who killed you? That could be broad enough that it could... Cover both. If she yeah. has any enemies, yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
do you know who has killed you? Who has made you in the state that you are now? I am dead. Oh, shit. <laughs> I did not know. I did not see my killer. But I have an idea. Oh. I had not enemies. Those right. who would have wanted the book for themselves. Hmm. Dust. All of Dust. And you see her eyes flutter. Oh, there she goes. And the smoke from the incense spills from her mouth <laughs> and from her nostrils. And slowly, almost as if she's being kind of cradled downwards, she lays back down and doesn't move again. Ooh. Hmm. All is dust. That is obviously not true. I mean, dust exists, but not all is dust. So she's off. She's obviously lost her mind, or she's just dead. <laughs> it sounds like a warning. Hmm. Or she's about to become dust. Hmm. Well, we have the book. What? <laughs> oh, gr- Grandpa, you must admit you are near. You are near dust. He's only slightly younger than him. <laughs> I, I bet when you fart, dust comes out. <laughs> fart? I haven't had a good fart in years. <laughs> I would hope something. What would come is out. even happening? <laughs> Desi looks at you, Tristiana, and shrugs. I have no idea at this point. What am I even here? Um, These people are. So, we must get I back. I cannot dis- I dis- disagree with that sentiment, but I'm hoping that you are here to help alleviate some of the crazy. Hmm. I would hope. I don't know. I don't know. You, you seemed familiar with the Book of Shadows. Any information you can provide? Yes. Mm-hmm. He sits up, looks at all of you. Since we're sharing, pointed stare at Tristania. This is what I know. All is dust is not a reference to death. Well, it is. But not an imminent death. Well, it is. But it is also a reference to a group that I thought we had exterminated. Mm. If, based on everything that she said, if the Book of Shadows she had was the Book of Shadows, then we're dealing with the hands of dust. Mm. They're not a group to be trifled. And if the hands of dust are behind this death. And Desi puts a hand on his shoulder. Sweetheart, based on everything that we've seen tonight, based on everything that you've seen tonight, based on everything that Shira told me tonight, I'm pretty sure that it's safe to say that we're past assumptions. Shiro nods. Yeah. 
sure you're right. We're dealing with the cult of the hand of dust. And that means that the shit's yet to hit the fan. But it will be hitting the fan very likely. There's someone that I'm going to need to talk to. Well, a few people. I want you to find your rooms here. Rest up. In the morning, we hit pavement. We get answers. And if the Tower of Arcanics is involved in any way, then we're going to need more help than the circle of themselves may be able to provide. Hmm. More help than this circle. I can tell you this. Hand of dust. He falters for a moment, and you can see that he is clearly he's shaken. This is not something that he had hopes to deal with. Hands of dust are an old cult. I don't know as much about them as I would like to. Granted that we are an organization of information, it is the one group that we have less information than we need. What I can tell you is that there is a very powerful darkness that it wants to resurrect. They nearly succeeded some years ago. We stopped them. Thought, apparently wrongly, that they were all dead. But clearly they're back. They are back. The implications are serious. So, Wedges, Get some sleep. In the morning, we go see a friend. Oh. So, the four gnomes from earlier, all as if being summoned, kind of walk through the door. <laughs> oh, it's getting late, so uh, I'm guessing you all want to be shown to your rooms now. Yes? Yes? Yes, please. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Wonderful part about being an agent of the circle is that you get rooms on campus. Mm. So, you are all led down that same corridor to the same archway as before. The gnomes reach forward with this kind of weird greenish blue orb. It glows for a moment, and the runes along the archway glow as well. Come with me. He walks through and disappears. Uh, Hugh oh, damn. takes a look at Jasper. Like, are you going to be alright? Uh, the, the, um, uh, Miss Desi, you have a 
clerical knowledge, yes? Desi walks from behind Shiro. Yes, that's true. Um, I'm sure that there has to be some uh, cure ailment, cure seasickness that you might be able to inoculate me with before I go through this travesty. <laughs> um, I don't know that I can cure seasickness. Oh, both ends. But I can, <laughs> can make it easy for you in this way. As he touches your forehead, you go limp. Oh! You start to, you start to snore. Q looks at Desi, this kind of incredulous, you cast sleep on him? And Desi looks back at him, do you want to clean up vomit and shit? Because I don't. Honestly, I'd like for us to get home. And, and, or, and you know, sleep, I guess we're sleeping. <laughs> Jazz is kind of rolling around in his cloak like it's a, like rolling it up like a blanket. (laughs) The three gnomes that are left behind all come forward with their wands. Uh, They tap you, two at the feet, one at the head, and they cast levitate on you. (laughs) And they shuffle you, uh, (laughs) floating through the doorway. (laughs) Desi and Hugh follow you all through the gateway, into what appeared to be a, a hallway of apartment doors. These would be your rooms. Desi and I are at the end of the hall. And uh, we really have to worry about the Carreras. They live in their workshop. They like it that way. Not sure why. I think it's a goblin thing. But, uh, rust up. Uh, bright and early in the morning, we go see my friend. I think he may have some more information for us. So, with that, Wedgie's good night. He takes Desi by the hand waves a hand in front of the door and down the hall. Door opens. They walk in. Door closes behind. You all go to sleep and take what is a long rest. So all of your spells are renewed. Mm-hmm. All of your hit points are back. And so you're all refreshed. Early the next morning, you hear knocks at each of your doors. Get up. We hit dirt now. No. Uh, it's too early. You all come out of your respective apartments begrudgingly, yawning, sleep still in your eyes. This this man we're going to see is an old friend of mine. He's uh, it's a bit of a weird one. So um, 
may want to brace yourselves for that. But he's also wise and also very knowledgeable. And he was among the first to deal with this cult. So respect is due there. Please remember that. You all get a bit of breakfast, some toasts, bagels, fruit from the cafeteria on your way to the gateway that leads to the parking garage where you all get into Shiro's car. Uh, you eat breakfast kind of groggily in weird sleepy silence as Shiro drives down to the lower quarter. Uh, not far from the green dragon, or the red, the red dragon's eye, that's right, sorry. From the red dragon's eye is a small two-story house where he lands and parks the car. You all get out. He knocks on the door. And he waits. You hear a voice from the inside. There is no one home! Go away! <laughs> goes it's me old man there's a and the door just opens just a bit you see this wild looking eye and just peer out Shiro is that you what in Arhan's mighty what all sack are you doing up at this uh, this hour? And in front of my door. Get, 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 just, just, just get in here. Get in here. So he opens the door further. You all walk in. He, the, the old man is, you know, he looks like he's wearing kind of a bathrobe. Big, fluffy bathrobe. Uh, dark-skinned, uh, hair kind of in kind of a wild, unkempt afro. <laughs> Pointed ears. Definitely full elf. Hmm. Uh, definitely Eladrin. Hmm. He kind of waves at the, the couch over there and kind of as a General Beckman, just go and sit down. Uh, do you want tea? Do you want coffee? Does anybody need anything? No, thank you. No, thanks. He looks at Tristana, who... You, young one, you want something to drink? You look sleepy. Coffee. Okay, I will get you coffee. Thank you. Kind of shuffles into the room. Kind of clinking around. So, Shira, what is it that I can do for you at this ungodly hour? Shiro walks over. He takes a breath. I need to get in contact with Malik, with Emrys. You hear a clang. The old man turns around. And as he turns around, Idris, you see his face. 
and your blood goes cold for a moment. The man looks at all of you sitting on the couch. He looks at Shiro. And in a flash of movement, he has Shiro against the wall with one hand at his throat. And the bathrobe has fallen off. And there is nothing but muscle underneath it. <laughs> he is, uh, he has, where before he seemed kind of diminutive and kind of slouched over, he is now standing at his full height. And there is, I mean, granted, he's in his shorts. <laughs> but there's nothing but muscle there. And he's got Shiro by the neck. Mm. And he says to him, All right, now you tell me what you want with my son. And that's where we're going to end tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how the divine touched you? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was much, it was much more gentle. Much more gentle. Um, it was really more of a caress. Yeah, yeah. Kind of warm. More clothing um, or less clothing involved? Uh, you know, 50-50. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. All right. So you've met some people. You've made some discoveries here and there. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was interesting. For a, for a night of... Absolutely no combat. Yeah, there sure were a few confrontations. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that was so awkward. We were gonna fight you. Hmm? We were gonna fight. There was, there was. <laughs> it looked like there could have possibly have been one. Yeah. <laughs> so we we we've learned that uh that that Trist might have some daddy issues. <laughs> no doubt. Just a couple. And no doubt. He might have a daddy issue or two. He might have a daddy issue or two. You uh. Missed Idris doing like the most amazing backflip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then promptly falling down. And then yeah. promptly Aww. falling down some stairs. Yeah. After <laughs> himself with a nat twenty acrobatics backflip. Yeah. And then proceeded to complete the crit fail. Yeah. And a sneak out of the room. Yeah. I tried to oh. sneak out. Oh. He tried to sneak out while everyone was talking. Slipped on a slipped on a screw. <laughs> on his back. It was it was oh. pretty great. Like a Oh, well, and then some man. gnomes had to help you up. Yeah. Like <laughs> the gnomes. They were very polite gnomes, and helpful. <laughs> I can't help me. So yeah, that's uh And so, we almost got a cool name for a group <laughs> from a dead elf. Yeah. That would have been so cool. She wouldn't have been able to give you a name. Yeah. Like I said, like, like the, the the speak with the dead spell cannot impart new information. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she only doesn't things know anything about yeah. it. Yeah. That's a really so, good point. There's that. Um, That's so, kind of why we were okay with the spell. <laughs> yeah. I like how he forgot about that. For the oh, yeah. <laughs> He's old. He, he, you know, he was sparked with you know, inspiration. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. he figured, it, well, I'm here. Might as well. Yeah. I convinced a goblin to take me exploring. Aw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you lied to that poor goblin. Aww. Aww. He, took <laughs> he lied to, he lied to a child repeatedly. That was oh, a ten-year-old. Yeah. She's a child. Poor I am a child. Kids, kids, can lie. Lie. kids can lie to kids. kids can lie Doesn't to make it right, man. <laughs> Doesn't make it right. You know better. A younger child. A younger child. <laughs> I used to do that all the time. You're out of the cool club. <laughs> and I just lied to him. Uh, <laughs> all right, everyone. Yeah, so, uh... <laughs>
<laughs> we've definitely made some progress tonight. Uh, tune in next week for uh, the next installment of Agents of the Circle. Uh, I'm Sphinx Akasha, and uh, keep rolling for initiative. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.